Boomers! Welcome back once again to Sonic the Comic the Podcast, your Sega Sational Guide to the World of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega Comic. As always, we are your humes who think we're in charge around here. My name is Chris McFeely. My name is Dave Bulmer. We've got episode number 34 for you this episode. I like the way you had a sort of radio DJ inflection, the way you introduced yourself. <laughs> my name is Dave. Hey, my name is Dave. <laughs> I'm Dave Bulmer, your Sega Sational pal. I'm just distracted by the fact that this cover is really low resolution. You're on scans this time, so you might not appreciate this, but it, it really is printed like a low-res scan. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. I can see pixels all over it. It's such a lovely cover otherwise. It's a great cover, yeah. yeah. A very memorable one as well. This is a uh, red background, mm-hmm. and it's a Nigel Kitching. Oh, yeah. And so with a Nigel Kitching, he's one of those artists who, if you haven't looked him up yet, if you haven't looked at Decap Attack, for example... He's one of those artists who knows about shapes and how they stand out on the page, right? He's got to come under that. And this is an example of that. You've got Chuck doing a big ah towards the camera, skull on his shoulders as ever, with a bullet going right through his shoulder, being shot by a sort of agent man standing in the distance in a snazzy sort of a way. And it says, who is this man? And we are... Going to find out what next issue? <laughs> uh, well, the end of this issue, isn't it? Says yeah, well, don't really find out much about who Not is. much, no. Yeah, because we, sh- we should say, Decap Attack Returns! Decap uh, Attack yes. Returns! Decap Attack Returns! What oh. a welcome replacement for Pirate STC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Pirate STC was an experience. <laughs> but I was looking forward a lot to the return I have of Decap Attack. Been decapped by it, and now I get to read Decap. It does not disappoint. Let me tell you. Heads up! Decap Attack returns. It says. But that's it. Um, the only other text on the cover is our our free gift alert. Free Panini Sonic sticker album. Yes. There's none of the other usual tips, news, reviews, or any of the other strips in there. That's a bit minimalist. I've got a story about this issue. Chris, I've got a story about this one. I can't remember if I've ever left in the edit my hinting that I had a story about this one, but I do. So I remember getting this issue. It must have been that at this point, I was going around the newsagent and picking up my own copies. Uh, Because, you know, up till now, my memory has been that mum would always just show up with it on her general travels. You know, Mm -hmm. she'd go to the supermarket, she'd come back with a Sonic. Saturday morning. Yeah, and I think that would usually be how it went but um sometimes i would go down the local news agent and um i remember coming all the way home with this one with this copy i was very excited i was looking at the uh, the sticker album i was confused that they'd stuck it to the front rather than the back but uh i got was home. that how it was see i don't remember my gut instinct would be to mm. say that it must have been sealed in a poly bag with the album mm, it probably was wasn't it and with it and you would think with it on the back and I would have perhaps been sensible to have thought that as well, because when I got back, what I discovered was that I had two sticker albums stuck to each other <laughs> and no comic. And I have them here. I have... Well, actually, that's that's not quite true. But I have here my two sticker albums. I went back to the uh, newsagent. Apparently, I didn't think to get it swapped, or he didn't swap it for me. And I came home with another copy of the comic and another sticker album. So I now have three sticker albums... <laughs> I have them all here. This one, completely unsullied, totally Ooh, untouched and put away pure. in a box since it first came out. Slightly creased, but I haven't looked at the state of the other one. This one, complete. Oh, look at that. Complete sticker A album. complete yeah. sticker collection. The oh only God, time I've, I've never ever seen done the it. like. I remember <laughs> the album, but I never got into buying uh, stickers for it for whatever reason. Well, I did with this one. It was the only time I've ever done it. I Basically, I just remember going back and forth to that newsagent, back and forth and back and forth, and just picking up 
packs of stickers and packs of stickers. Of course it meant that I had absolutely stacks of swaps, but that was not a problem for me, Chris, because I had what I understand is called a loft bed. One of those beds that's up on stilts and mm-hmm, you've got mm-hmm. a desk under it for drawing your comics on. Sure. And that came with, there was a set of drawers, there was a little wardrobe under it. These are all prime places to put stickers. Put stickers. So that bed covered in sonic well it was already covered in other stickers in fact chris it's a work of art and i have <laughs> i have not allowed my parents to get rid of my old bed because i know that one day i will have my own place and i will by hook or by crook but probably by moving van transport that thing somehow to my new home and it will be my new office and i will work under it and may have to make it a little bit taller hmm. again but who knows Will it ever? Is it safe? If I had a child, would it be safe to put that child in that bed? I don't know, but it's covered in my stickers, Chris. It's it. I, it's important, and um, many of them are from the Panini Sonic sticker collection. Can you get your mum to take a photo of it for the Twitter? Yes. Excellent. So I'm not going to go on about this sticker album right now, but at periods throughout this comic, between <laughs> things, I'll just. Crack it open and we'll see what's in it, because there's all sorts to talk about. Sounds like a plan. Do you remember this, by the way? Did you collect stickers for this or anything? I, I had the album because I got the issue, but of I course. didn't collect... Uh, didn't go in for it. I might have bought one or two packs. Yeah. I didn't get deep into it. I don't know why. It's you, you would have thought I would have. But no. Well, that's how they usually go. I think this one being Sonic, I just went mad on it, you know? Um, that's what I would have thought I would have done, but yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just thought I was beyond stickers at that point because I would have yeah. done a lot, you know, in, in younger years, but never got anything close to complete. No. Also, I, I did think it was a little odd that they just gave you the album. You know, normally you would uh-huh. get an album and a pack of stickers with a comic in one go. Ah, uh, well, you get the stickers in the next issue. You do, you do. This is true, but, you know. I think they're trying to spread out their free gifts so that they can say mm. they have a, a complete run of them, which we'll mention. Yeah, well, let's crack her open. Issue number 34, cover dated September 16th, released on September the 3rd. I forgot that this was the one where the price went up 5p. They always yes. put a free gift with the issue where the price yeah. goes up to keep you interested. And this time, a free gift the size of the whole comic, so yeah. it feels okay. I do appreciate that Megadroid's welcome begins with a big, big thanks for buying this issue. As you'll have yeah. noticed, it has cost you an extra 5p, but I'm sure you'll feel it's been money well spent when you see what lies in store that for That came you. across as very sincere. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Sorry about this. But this is life and yet as he says you've got the album what good's an album without something to put in it glad you asked me because mm-hmm. next issue you'll be getting a pack of the stickers but then the really great news is that there'll be another free gift the issue after that and the issue after that and every issue until the end of the year and this is only the first issue of september that's, so that's impressive four whole months worth of free gifts and i have no idea what they are or were. I can't remember this. No. I'm looking forward to finding out. <laughs> Even yeah. though we don't have... I mean, you may have some of them hidden away uh, in your box Probably, of but I don't remember what they are, though. No, don't thank me. Just spread the word that STC has gone mega mental. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Don't worry. I'm doing it now. All one word, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mega mental. Uh, also, decap attacks back. Um, groan. Yeah, we're doing that bit again where it's like, oh, the, the editorial forces in charge of the comic aren't on board with this unruly strip being back. <laughs> oh, I like this. Unfortunately, we bid farewell to Sonic's world for a while. Brackets, boo. Yeah, mm. boo. Boo. I mean, I think this entire paragraph, in fact, is in, is in the inverse. A brand new series of decap attack. Mm-hmm. 
we bid farewell to Sonic's world. Boo. But there's a mega new Tales story next issue. Tumultuous cheers. Tumultuous cheers. So, I mean... I don't know about tumultuous. Uh, well, I remember it, so it's definitely not. Mm. <laughs> so, more of the tumour, less of the ultuous cheers. <laughs> so, I'm not sad to be saying goodbye to Sonic's world. I'm not particularly happy about a new tail strip, but I'm here for Decapitec. Yeah, and the free gifts. Can't and wait. free gifts. And for the fact that Knuckles smashes his way into Sonic's oh. life on the very next page. Oh. We reckon this spiky character is going to be the next megastar of video games and might even read his own STC series. What do you think? Oh. I think that it was already into production at this point. Yeah, I think so. that's still, that, that's, that landed as exciting even this time reading. Oh, like, yeah. oh Knuckles, new, his own strip. Yes, please. Even though I and, know it happens and I know it's good. I know. It is, it's still... Well, I guess it's not that far away, is it? It's maybe only about I, four, four or five issues away. I have absolutely no idea, but everything that happens around this era, I keep thinking is way further in the future than it actually <laughs> turns out to be. I thought it was ages till the sticker album. It's all go now, boy. And speaking of being all go as well, the whole control zone is like, look at what we've got coming. Look at what yeah, we've got for you. Big advert for what's currently being mm. drawn as we speak. It's like you say, we're at a kind of an odd point with the comic now where yeah. everything feels like it didn't happen until much later but yeah. we're now looking at a comic that's essentially half sonic half something else because mm. we've got sonic obviously and we've got sonic's world and then we're going to have tails and there's going to be a knuckle strip not far away at yeah. all so the non sonic things are and we've just had a new strip in the form of mutant league um, yeah. A weird, not video game, but still Sega strip thing in Pirate yes. STC. Then we've got Decapitec, but in our minds, it's so much a staple of STC yeah. that it's less a video game. So it do- it feels like we're already at the point where the other video game stuff is getting pushed out and the, yeah. the Sonic stuff is slowly taking over. But then we have this to remind us that not only is Tails coming back next issue, but there's a new Eternal Champions series coming in issue 37. Streets of Rage is back in issue 41. That's nearly 10 issues away. That's miles away. I know. I was uh, very impressive that they're telling us this yeah. so early. And Shinobi is coming back too, and it's so far away that they don't even have an issue number to give us. The Quite pleased with the charts this issue. Yeah, got... I bet you I was thinking as I saw them, <laughs> you would have you would have appreciated the fact that Sonic 3 has now risen a few spots to number four. That's right, and who's re-entering just below him to push him up to the number four spot? But the Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy, not a real game. It's called Fantastic Dizzy, but I see what they were going for because it's a remake of Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy on the NES. So anyway, yes, we got Sonic and Dizzy in the four and five slot. I am overjoyed of course it's sports above that fifa pete sampras and pga european tour golf but whatever that's fine i'll give you that guys sports fans and then chaos engine at six a new entry that's an amiga perennial classic great i'm up for that i was gonna say have we heard about chaos engine before it didn't ring a bell i think it's been mentioned but only in a previewy it's gonna happen yeah. way and i said that's an amiga game and you went oh, of course <laughs> sounds about right i mean that sounds like this podcast in miniature doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> and now for this podcast in Maximature. What's the word for that? Macro. Macro. <laughs> Enter Knuckles, part two. Written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, letters by Ellie DeVille. 
Convinced by Robotnik that Sonic has come to the floating island to steal its Chaos Emeralds, Knuckles squares off again. Sorry, which way do you want me to say Chaos Emeralds? Listen, I wanted to know if that was you saying it naturally or if you said it that way on purpose to get me. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't think that say is Say Chaos one. Emeralds as though wilt naturally. I don't, I don't mind. think that whatever, is one. Whatever you do. Because they're Chaos, they're not just Emeralds, they're Chaos Emeralds. Yeah, but they're not, like, they're not... Like, we're not having this discussion again. There's not loads of chaos stuff, and then there's the chaos emerald. It's not about placing the emphasis on chaos. It's about saying the two words with equal emphasis. Oh, I see, right. It's difficult to pronounce, though. The only option is to emphasize one or the other. To do it in the flat, that's like the chaos emeralds, you know? Well, no, you emphasize them both. Convinced by Robotnik that Sonic has come to the floating island to steal its chaos emeralds, Knuckles. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Don't you mock me! Knuckles squares off against the Hedgehog Hero in a brutal brawl. Neither combatant is willing to concede defeat until, using the battle as cover, Tails flies in aboard his biplane and captures Robotnik in a net. Sonic breaks off his fight and he and Tails return home with Robotnik their prisoner at last. But the Blue Blur is worried that he hasn't seen the last of Knuckles. Oh yeah, this is what it's all about here. This yeah, one, I love that. This, this is just like a seven-page fight scene. It's just great. It's just, just, just great. It's great. It is a full-on. It's what we wanted out of Knuckles mm. showing up in the comic. Literally, it is seven pages of Sonic and Knuckles punching each other. It absolutely is. Like we got a little um, in the got, face. We got all the features of the zone last issue. Yep. And now it's just they just got there's a bit of burrowing. Yep. Um Sonic uses his speed powers a bit and th I mean there's a it's not a criticism. There's a really cool cheat where Knuckles just burrows underground and then Sonic leaps into the tunnel after him and Robotnik just stands on the surface and cackles as like basically a miniature earthquake wrecks the zone so we like we're we can imagine whatever's happening in yeah. there and it's like and if you haven't seen if you haven't if you don't read these along with us don't imagine a cheat as in just a picture of Robotnik going ha ha I wonder what they're doing oh no no goodness no we actually get treated to a nearly half page sized panel of the zone just being wrecked by whatever it is they're doing underground. Pillars are crumbling, like, rocks are falling. It's brilliant. It reminds me, actually, of how uh, Kitching did a very similar thing with Metallics. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like how to convey the scope of a fight, get a lot of fight into a very short space of time. Yeah. A bit of a hallmark. <laughs> Make us imagine it. And it, and it does. You could describe it as a cheat. But what it does is it fires the imagination up, and the best Sonic stuff did. I mean, especially when you've got Robotnik saying, What are those two doing to each other? <laughs> yeah. It's like, imagine it yourself, kids. The only thing that I think strays from what I imagine to be what Sonic can do and what Knuckles can do is the conclusion to that, which is that Sonic's fist comes out, out of the ground and punches Knuckles into the sky. Right? Which I, I, I don't think of Sonic as a puncher. No, I remember that as a kid, my gut reaction was, especially since it's a, since all you see is Sonic's fist emerging from the ground yeah. and Knuckles flying away, and the speech bubble going, yeah, was that, uh, was that he'd gone super. It, yeah, it looks like he's gone super, but we never see it. But he hasn't. He's just a bit mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really Really wanted to stretch your imagination he does say i've got my own chaos emeralds but 
We know he's buried him somewhere. He hasn't got him. Speaking of, that brings us back to something we've touched on briefly. This idea that there's just another set of Chaos Emeralds. Yeah, this is the issue that I think fully canonizes it. They're talking about how they've sort of mentioned it before and kind of Mm. in a way as if we already know or it's assumed or the reader's meant to just accept stuff. But this one, there's actual dialogue. Give it up, Sonic. You'll never get your hands on the floating island's Chaos Emeralds. What are you talking about? I don't want to steal any Chaos Emeralds. I already have some. What did I tell you? This villain stole my Chaos Emeralds, and now he's come after yours. (laughs) That's very good. But yeah, that establishes that everybody here, or at least Sonic and Robotnik, they understand that there are just different sets of these things. Yeah, I didn't remember it being established this early on. STC will address it in like an issue or two's yeah. time. We'll see if talking about that till it actually happens. But um it, it's right. So you and I did a bit of looking about this a while back yeah. to try and understand what the deal was with Chaos Emeralds because as far as in my memory and because I, I didn't remember that they'd mentioned it here, the Chaos Emeralds are this unique set of ancient powerful treasures. They're not something that loads of endless duplicates exist of except in the japanese game canon they sort of are maybe they're really really unclear it's like the emeralds live on the south island except when they go to the island from sonic 2 and there are chaos emeralds there as well and very specifically you and i looked this up when we were just chatting to try and figure out what the exact order of events was for sonic 3 because i've said on the show before that i always thought sonic 3 began seconds after that's right yeah the end of sonic too but the idea according to the japanese manual is that when the death egg crash lands on the floating island knuckles is in like an, the emerald temple or or whatever the shrine and when the death egg impacts all of the island's chaos emeralds just disappear in a flash mm. And then the island actually sinks down the Death Egg's impact without the emeralds to push back against it. It sinks down to the surface of the planet. And it is then, like some time later, that Sonic and Tails go out to investigate this island that's come down out of the sky. And apparently, I guess the idea is that Knuckles thinks Sonic somehow has the emeralds of his that disappeared from the island. Which is why he steals them from him uh, in the opening like cutscene of Sonic 3. So... It's amazingly indistinct. I mean, and then, you know, that's without talking about any of the extra lore that would be piled on later by the adventure games. I mean, I wonder if some of these questions can be answered by assuming that we know there's a lot of Dragon Ball influence going on, or at least sort of assumption that the Japanese kids into these games will have that as their baseline for, like, story. So I wonder if it's that, yeah, whenever Sonic basically collects them, they're understood to just ping off somewhere else to the next place and be hidden Maybe, there. But, well, I mean, th- but they didn't, though. Sonic <laughs> had them oh, yeah. for Knuckles to steal them off him. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I mean, he did release the emeralds at the end of Sonic 1. Yeah. So, like, who knows what happened there afterwards. But our lore, I guess you could say, British lore, yeah. always treated them as a pretty unique sort of thing. And to explain this sort of... You have to assume, essentially, that this peculiar state of affairs, the idea that there are other emeralds on the island, that it was derived from some partial translation or misunderstanding of what the games were about, then STC kind of had to work backwards and retcon the idea of the emeralds being a unique thing in so that we would have these two sets that became one again. As I think I said in an earlier episode, trying to understand it and seeing how confusing it could actually and vague it could actually be, it gives me a lot more... um, 
understanding for for Archie's decision to just have Chaos Emeralds be yeah just, just there's just lots of them they just are yeah 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 that's just so much more boring that's the thing I oh would... absolutely a hundred <laughs> like a thousand percent agreed that they should be completely unique ancient mystical yeah. treasures and that's basically what they are now I don't I have no idea how you know, the stuff that Adventure introduced with Chaos and the Chows and the Emeralds, how that is supposed to reconcile with the idea of yeah. what happened to the games according to the Japanese manuals for the Mega Drive games, but I, I'm well past the point of caring. No, and it probably, I mean, it probably is one of those situations where we as kids cared way more than the people making it, and they just went, let's have some Chaos Emeralds for this game, and then someone somewhere came up with a backstory. We're sort of prone to assume that the Japanese backstory is definitive, but like, that was just as likely to be written by some random staffer as, as the american version or anything mm. i realize now that i always thought that all this stuff about two sets of chaos emeralds and so on entirely came from the bit in sonic 3 and knuckles where you go into the hidden palace for the first time and your chaos emeralds go up and ping off and chow 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 the super emeralds come down and so on and i realize now that no they wouldn't have seen that by the time they wrote this and mm. certainly not the the previous mention of there being more than one set of Chaos Emeralds. So I guess they're just kind of lucky that it more or less all shook out as kind of working. Yeah, I mean, it, it happened to all work out yeah. surprisingly neatly. Yeah. Pleas- pleasantly <laughs> yeah. neatly. In a way I like, you know, my brain. Mmm, dopamine. <laughs> and um, I do have the script for this one. Oh, I was going to send it to you and I didn't because there's almost nothing that differs from the final product except for that one bit where Sonic punches Knuckles up into the sky. Oh. That's that's Rich's way of drawing what it says in the script, which is just, Knuckles is knocked flying up through the surface of the ground by Sonic, whom we can see emerging, and Robotnik has to dodge to avoid being hit. So that... I translate that as meaning that maybe he was supposed to full body jump yeah, into him or spin attack him or, attack something, him or yeah. something like that. And it's it just worked better as a picture to have the fist coming up. So that explains that. Mm. Hey, um, Knuckles is pink still. I love oh, it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Look how pink he is. He's pinker. He's, He's so even pinker pink. than before. Yeah. Robotnik's looking really well in this one too, isn't he? It's all yes. just firing on all the cylinders. The art is so good at this point i'm now doubly convinced that actually i was right last issue to speculate that maybe richard is trying to draw sonic a bit more rounded to look like the sprite in sonic 3 right he does look chubbier in this issue yeah and there's something a bit more uniform about so like if you look at okay okay here's a great example turn to the second to last page mm-hmm. bottom left look at sonic there mm-hmm. saying dream on look at his face mm. and then flip back to the very first page and the first drawing of sonic and it's very similar it's yeah. just like the same drawing flipped so i wonder if rich has a new model set that he's looking at and just making sure he's getting it right because oh here's the other thing he's really having to draw knuckles this time yeah now knuckles is difficult to draw i remember trying he's a strange collection of angles is knuckles yeah he's very hard to draw the shapes of his head and muzzle do not come easy the back of his head is flat depending on what angle you're looking at mm. it at his muzzle is all sorts of shapes, different than Sonic. He's got that sloping brow that kind of comes brow. down into the angle of the protrusion of his muzzle. Yeah. They basically, they don't draw knuckles like this anymore, do no. they? No, well, he doesn't look as much like a Womble anymore. He's got that pokey-outy <laughs> mole nose. It's a great design. I thought you were going to say he didn't look as much like a baddie, because this is a baddie's <laughs> design. Yeah, That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. He's the all spikes, isn't he? Angry eyes accentuated by the, the slope, the whole forward 
pinch of his head. Yeah, the whole face comes to a point. Mm. It's, it's a one big spike ringed by other spikes in the form of those dreads. Sonic spikes are kind of swept back and cool looking and like, I don't know, laid back in a way. Knuckles is like... Dah, dah, dah. There's a, there is a softness to them in this issue in particular, I thought, Sonic spikes. Mm. There's yeah. a, a uniformity and a nice sense of order. Yes. Do you remember last issue I was talking about Elson doing a lot of hand talking? I do. It really, really, really jumped out at me in this issue. I guess he uh, was, he must not have been doing it before, but but look how many times I don't think there's a single page in this strip goes by where a character does not default to one clenched fist, one splayed palm. Yeah, yeah. Even when to be brutally honest, it doesn't really feel like it makes a lot of sense to have their hands be in... He just wants to have a bit of visual interest going with the hands. So he always has the two hands doing something different, and the default states they fall into is one clenched into a fist, one splayed open. So, you know, here's page two, for instance, where Sonic gets belted by Knuckles and where you, your oh, automatic yeah. reaction would be to, you know, he would ragdoll, his hands would would flap free. Nope, one palm's played, one fist clenched. Or yes, um, right there. or there, again, page three, when Knuckles punches the ground, sets up the yep. shockwave. What a fantastic panel, by the way. Look at oh. the way his dreadlocks fan out oh. with the boom of the shockwave. The, the lighting, it's not like he is actually creating an explosion or a source of light, but just the way the colouring has been done to make it look as if he's making a shockwave love it mm-hmm. sonic's thrown into the air one fist clenched one palm's blade yeah you're right there yeah i guess it's because after a point you're like sonic really does have these two big hands flapping around on him that aren't really part of his move set or anything you know <laughs> so you, that's a good point yeah we've, that, we've just got to sort of draw them <laughs> have we not just said how kind of weird it is that sonic yeah. used his hands to punch somebody <laughs> yeah okay yeah, but you, i want to i just want to talk about that panel because that is a move that Knuckles doesn't have in the games, and should. He punches the ground, and a series of pointy shockwave flashes, like, go across the ground and knock Sonic up into the air. What? Does Knuckles ever do that? Does he do that in the Sonic and Knuckles fight? I don't think he does, does he? I don't think so, but, you know, like, Sonic doesn't run around anybody and create a, a, a vacuum and then... Pff, that's true. You know, he doesn't do that in the games, that's either. That's true, but this is a buttonable move. You could have Knuckles pound the ground like this, I think it's something they should give him. It's really good. I don't think you could have done it back in the day. You could definitely do it now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, because so like, what would the button for it be? I'm thinking jump and, ah, uh, no, because all three that buttons are the same. Like, yeah, that's it. That, yeah. That's that's the only yeah. reason, because every button was the same back then. You could do it now, but yeah. Anyway, it's a great move. And it's just, it's Nigel thinking about who this is. Like mm-hmm, the bit where, mm-hmm. so Sonic does make that vortex thing and we've seen it before we we saw him do it to put out a fire once yeah runs around him but this time rather than just making a cocoon to essentially block the oxygen or whatever it was he was doing with the fire he goes now i just increase the pressure and he spits knuckles out with the pressure it's like a cannon he pops him out the top you remember i told you how a bullet comes out of a gun he does (laughs) that it shoots up into the air comes down and just diggy 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 dig and he just stops himself from hitting the ground by digging a big tunnel which kind of is a thing that knuckles does in the game although not not really yet. yeah he can dig in the games it's a sonic and knuckles move sonic and knuckles move so nigel's just come up with this based on who knuckles is i mean that's probably why knuckles doesn't do any gliding in the course of this story because oh, we yes. didn't know he could yet oh yes but he's got those diggy knuckles so nigel's putting them to use for everything he can punch in sonic punch in the ground because it makes him look really strong dig in and it all completely maps to who knuckles turns oh, yeah. out to be 
the more moves we get to see from him. It's really... Nigel just got it. Yeah, he just got this character from day one, really, didn't it? I mean, obviously, Knuckles has a little change to go through in the course of his of his story, following his introduction here and everything. But, yeah, everything that's here, the whole attitude that's on display, this, this sort of uh, slightly coarse bit of braggadocio, you know, he's as much of an ego as Sonic in many ways. There's this never back downness and the naivety that's like inherent to the character that, you know, that having been raised on his own on, on an island, you know, that and the fact that he gets tricked by Robotnik, like that's there too. But it's not, it's not stupidity. And I think that's something that like modern Sonic media maybe doesn't get. Like you look at how they've chosen to depict him in say Sonic Boom, for instance, you know, Knuckles isn't dumb. He's just not like worldwide. Yeah. That's all here. And it would all carry forward in, in what is definitely like my definitive mental picture of who and what Knuckles is as a character. This is a great introduction to Knuckles. I couldn't ask for more. Mm. This is perfect. And, and it leads to a genuine surprise then and kind of a surprise this time because i'd forgotten that they captured robotnik and he's their prisoner now yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like you say you couldn't ask for more but you got it yeah. <laughs> that's what what a good this is this is such a platonic ideal of an episode of stc for me yeah it's great Tails drops an, a net on Robotnik from the, the biplane and drags Robotnik off into the sky. And Knuckles says, if I catch you, I bet your little friend will bring the good doctor back. And then Sonic's like, dream on. You may be nearly my match in a fight, but when it comes to speed, you're not even in my league. That panel, or the, well, actually that's two panels, sets up such an exciting thing. If you're a reader of STC in 1994, up till now we've had Sonic who's like speed little animal guy versus Robotnik who builds machines. Now we've got a rival for Sonic and they've got distinct and they're saying it to each other. They're, they're laying out the groundwork for all of the fights they're going to have in the future. They've got these two movesets. One is a brawler and is strong. One is fast and can basically dodge his attacks. That fight could go on forever. And there's something really exciting about having it laid out here as they're about to part. Like, here is what we are going to be doing next time we meet and possibly for the rest of our lives. And of course, that's not what it is, which of is even course. more interesting. Th these two guys are a match for each other because what they do is so different that they have strengths and weaknesses that complement each other. And it's a, a great illustration, in fact, of Sonic the Comics, Sonic the Hedgehog as a character in miniature yeah. At the very end of the story here, where Tails says, Sonic, oh, yeah. do you think you could have beaten Knuckles? And Sonic says, no problem, little buddy. I was just getting warmed up. And then in a thought bubble, thinks to himself, I wish I meant that. But that Knuckles was really tough. I don't think I've seen the last of that character. There it is. Yeah. There it is. There's it, STC it, it, Sonic. Yeah. And then as a whole, yeah. Bluster, bravado to appear cool, but... Mm. We need to start posting that picture in response to the artists right? with their pictures. <laughs> Do you have any memories in your life of when you said a thing and it was like embarrassing and you just remember it forever? <laughs> Far too many, dear. <laughs> One of them that I have is I was at university. It was my first year of university and I'd just got to, you know, I'd, I'd been there for a few months. So I'd got to know the, the crowd that I was going to be hanging out with for that year. And we're all sitting around in, in my kitchen. There was me and a girl called Caroline and a guy called Harry. And he left the room. And I said, we were just talking, and I said something about, oh yeah, but, but just now, Charlie just now said this. 
And Caroline went, who did? And I went, yeah, Charlie. You know, you know him, who's just left. She goes, his name's not Charlie. I said, no, 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 I know, no, 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 I know his name's not Charlie. I know his name's not Charlie. But that's just, that's just what you call people, isn't it? When, like, you know, you're like Charlie over there. Oh, sure, yeah, I got you. No, it isn't. And I, that, that always stuck with me, because I was like, no, it isn't. Why did I think you can call people Charlie? And it's here! I found out why I think you can call oh. people Charlie. It's in this issue! Where yeah. is it? Where is it? Where, where is it? Where, where is the line? Page um, three, yeah. just after Knuckles has punched the ground, Sonic says, okay, we've seen what you can do, Charlie, but now it's my turn. <laughs> I was so pleased to see that. I was like, oh, that's where I got it from. There was a precedent for it. So I've now been able to clear away one of my small um, mortifications in life because... <laughs> All these years, I've thought to myself, "What was I on about? Did I just forget his name and just called him Charlie, or, or what?" I think I think that is what actually happened. But <laughs> my, had I come up with the world's stupidest excuse? Oh, you just call people Charlie sometimes, don't you? Here's where I got it from. <laughs> I mean, I the way you said it there, it sounded like the most natural thing in the world to me. So it would have worked <laughs> on me if I was sat there. Obviously, I'm dumb yeah, because you, because you, you're an STC reader. You read Sonic as well. <laughs> <laughs> also, last thing I have to say about this entire strip before we move on is page one, bottom panel. I love Robotnik's wrinkly neck. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the whole pack of the hot dogs for the neck thing going on back there. <laughs> I don't ever want to ever have to look at Robotnik's head from behind yeah, again, do it, you? Like, it's impossible to render the moustache in a yeah. way that looks pleasant. I think Rich has done as best a job he could do, but what mm. he's had to do here is, yeah, he's drawing Robotnik from three quarters over the shoulder shot so you can essentially see that his head is this weird cone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his full you know shaved looking mouth and his nose poking over and then the mustache it looks sort of taped on but it's all you can do it's the best he could have possibly done it's just yeah because hmm. i mean it's it really does just look like a little droopy cone but yeah. to my mind like it should really bulge out at the cheeks yes you know to, to fit the huge grill of teeth in and i mean also there's the fact that the mustache is drawn here as overlapping the teeth as well as if oh, it yeah, was somehow yeah. growing out of of below his lip it's it's oh i don't like it i don't like it <laughs> yeah and that is the one criticism, the one criticism of the we've got possible for this. this issue everybody go and look this up you'll find it online this is a great looking issue of of sonic and just have a look at it you'll see what we mean about how good richard elson is at drawing specifically the sonic 3 era of sonic it it's just so right his tails has really crystallized here as well, hasn't it? Yeah, he's taken what is sort of the, you know, the original and the adventures versions of tails and he's like made them into something that reads and that works. Mm. And that's cute and really nice. And the, there's two two pictures of him, you know, both doing the more or less the same shocked and surprised expression yeah. on the final page, but they're both just so good. And how much more inviting is it to look at than than yeah. Tails's jaw hanging slack that we've endured <laughs> for several recent issues? Yeah, looks like an actual expression here. Ah, he's great, little Tails leaning out of his plane in that last panel. I've never noticed the little lean he's got on. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah, look at that. He's just leaning sideways, too, basically, <laughs> so that the camera allows him to be looking out from behind Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Next. 
The Prisoner. The Prisoner. They've got him. They've got Robotnik. And it was only as I read that that I remembered. Yeah, they really have. He's in their cell next time we see him. Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny. This two-parter is essentially the first of a a set of three two-parters, like a six-issue run, that broadly speaking represents the adaptation of Sonic 3. Yes. But this is really the only bit of it that, like, is... Sonic 3, if you know what I mean. This is yeah. this is the Marble Garden and everything. Yeah, they don't bother with a Carnival Night Zone or anything. You tend to forget that Knuckles doesn't actually find out Robotnik's duping him in Sonic 3. No, exactly. He's just a, you know, a villain in that. And then he falls mm. off a box, and that's that. <laughs> Sticker Zone! Sticker Zone! Oh yeah. Let's have a little look inside the Sonic sticker album. Speaking of Sonic 3. 180 all-action stickers, many of them Sonic 3 based. And yes, in fact, if you open it up, the first thing you get is, and we talked about this when it was the Eternal Champions, a six-parter, a six-part sticker, the drawing of Sonic from the UK cover of Sonic 3. And uh, by the way, look how good I was at sticking these things together. Dave, I was literally just about to compliment you on it. That is a beautifully stuck set of stickers. Perfectly (laughs) aligned. Mathematically precise. They are. And in fact, yes, I think I've even slightly overlapped some of them because they were printed that way. Um, Just to get them exactly right. It's just... God, that's good. Wow. (laughs) Um, But look what's here. Something has been cut off. I've evidently cut off some kind of coupon or or voucher. Uh, All that's left is this little flappy coupon for a free X-Men album offer. This voucher can be redeemed at your retailer for a free X-Men album worth 60p. There we go. Confirmation of how much they were. No price printed on that album? On the Sonic one? Yeah. No, actually. Uh, oh, oops, 60p, 60p. Ah, there we go, 60p. I might have said, you know, presented free with or something. Yeah, no. Would the clipped coupon be the form to send away for your missing stickers? I wonder. I wouldn't, yeah. You'd think I would do that out of one of the ones I wasn't using, but yeah, it could be. But if we turn to the back, what we have in the back is the so the so what i'm talking about being cut out it's not a proper full page yes yes it's a little uh, insert uh, yes. slipped in into the binding it's held in by the staples as part of the binding it only go it doesn't it reaches halfway across the page that's it and apparently on the left you have the you know fill this in for the stickers you need but the uh, the other half of this because of course there's another little sliver of it in the back page i have filled in it says you could win a prize just by telling us about you. Start here. Which stickers are you collecting? Sonic. Name, David Bulmer. Ooh, David. Yeah, and I've even drawn a little picture of me there. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> Great. Love it. Me. So here's how I filled it in. Just a few questions about you. How did you get this album? Bought it in the shops myself. Someone else, e.g. a friend, bought it for me. And of course, I've ticked through a free offer. Do you buy the stickers yourself? Yes and no, both ticked there. How many packets of stickers do you get in a week? And I've just crossed through that and put, not regular. Of course it's not regular. It's a stupid question. What are your top three favourite programmes on TV at the moment? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, okay. Right. I want to know. Oh, hang on. Let me see if I can guess. Yep. Right. Uh, is any of them the Sonic cartoon? That is number one. Oh, uh, yeah. Is one of them Power Rangers? That is number two. <laughs> And number three, is it right. Turtles? It wouldn't be Turtles. It's too late for Turtles. No, this is a wild card. Wild card? Uh, ooh. It's not even a cartoon. Not even a cartoon. It's got to oh. be something British. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be one of them <laughs> CITV dramas or something. Is it, is it the Tomorrow People? Oh, well, good guess. No. <laughs> How close am I? It's Red Dwarf. Oh, that is an outside choice. Yeah. <laughs> 
But think at this point, I'm like 13 or something, aren't I? Or about 12? So, yeah. 12. Uh, no, 12. Point, yeah. Wouldn't we? yeah. Just the right sort of age. They're repeating it all, you see. They're playing through the whole thing on BBC Two. Um, so, what are your top three favourite comics or magazines at the moment? Number one, Sonic. Oh, harder to answer that one apart yeah. from Sonic, yeah. Yeah. Well, number two is Buster. Remember Buster? Yeah, Buster, lovely. If you if you if you're an artist, that was one of those you know page per character gag strip comics. Mm. But it was just in the a, same vein as the Beano and the Dandy. Exactly in the same vein, except for whatever reason, at this particular time, it was kind of prestige in and of itself. Yeah, wasn't it? It mm. had like uh, it was full. It was all full color or something. Full color. It was. You often got a free pack of sweets on it, that sort of thing. But it had. Um, Similar production values to SDC. I wonder if it was a Fleetway. It had the full painted really? interiors, mm. although for a less adventurous, so so less mm. sort of demonstrative of painty skills uh, kind of comic. And then number three, I've just put don't know. So that's it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> a Sonic, Sonic and Buster. <laughs> and thinking of the TV programs, toys, cartoons, and films you've seen in the last few weeks, which are your three favorite characters? I like this has suddenly characters. turned into a kind of. How well do you know Dave quiz? Yeah, this is <laughs> which I'm also participating in because this is a slightly different version of Dave. Well, number one must be Sonic. That's Sonic. No problem there. Is number two Tails? No, it's not a wild Knuckles. card. It's another wild card. Yeah, not as wild um, as Red Dwarf. It's not somebody from Red Dwarf. So it's from a children's property. I am going to describe it as a children's okay. property. <laughs> you was right. <laughs> um, is it from a film? No. Is it from a game? It's from TV. It's from TV? Yeah. Uh, so it must be from a live-action TV property. Regular TV character you would have seen more or less every week on your screens. You may not have wanted to see him every week on your TV Mr. screens. Mr. Blobby. Mr. Blobby! Yes! <laughs> oh, where is my prize? Holy shit! I'm killing it! <laughs> well done! And, uh, and and you've fully won that whole segment because number three is just, um, dot, dot, dot. Couldn't think of one. <laughs> Apparently, big Mr. Blobby fan, but it makes sense because this, it's only a few months ago that I bought two copies of the Mr. Blobby Christmas single. Oof. And then, imagine you could make your own sticker collection. It can be about anything you like. What subject would you choose? Well, it's not Sonic because you not own Sonic. Sonic. Got that, and it isn't Mr. Blobby. What would you have chosen at the time? It's not Power Rangers, then, it's I assume. No, I, it isn't. I don't know why it isn't. I think. Yeah, because it's your second most favourite thing ever, according And it so. would have been perfect for a sticker collection because you could spend have time done on. One at some point. You could, must have. You can. I don't remember. You can spend time on all the different costumes, one sticker per row. You can have a pullout for the different Zords, yeah. you know? No, I didn't, didn't put that. What would you have put? Hmm, I don't know. It's hard to put my mind back mm. then. Because um, you're not being asked if you would actually buy it. You're just being asked what would conceptually. You, what would you do? Yeah. Hmm. Well, like, a lot of the stuff that I would have been into, Sonic mm. would be the big thing I would have been into at the time. Like, obviously, they did Transformers and they did Turtles and they did the yeah, other that's all big covered. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I tell you what, probably the X-Men. Oh, that must course, have been on telly by well, that Hey, point. well, then you should send off for the free X-Men album that's offered. Well, there we go. Then yeah. I genuinely don't know if they've already made it. So what did you put? I put Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah, I suppose I should have, should have guessed that it was the one other thing that you wrote on the whole forum. Yeah, that I didn't well, say. the thing is, 93 was when I was reading the novels as well, and 94, and like, and I had my, I had the, the program guide paperback as well. So at this point, I'm into the idea that Red Dwarf has a lot of continuity and canon. So I'm thinking, yeah, you can have stickers covering all that stuff. It, fe- it felt like a big world yeah. to me. So yeah. 
I can see why I put that. Refuso! Refuso! We've got Vincent Lowe and Steve May on the reviews this week. We've got reviews for Mario Andretti Racing on the Mega Drive, Daffy Duck in Hollywood on the Master System and Game Gear, and Sonic Spinball on the Game Gear. And by crikey, is it not easy to tell which ones were by Vincent Lowe and which one was by Steve May? <laughs> yeah. Yep, Vincent Lowe just sort of describes the games for Sonic Spinball and Daffy Duck and Steve May, new fresh-faced fellow that he is, not yet collapsed into the spiral of entropy <laughs> that leaves you just describing the options screen, tries to offer context and, and flavour in his review of yep. Mario Andretti it's, Racing. It's a little piece of writing that's entertaining to read in and of itself. It gets you imagining the game, properly imagining it, what it's like to play it, what it's not like to play it. He opens with... The smell of high-octane fuel, the squeal of burning rubber, the sound of twisting steel as you shunt the nose of your racing car into the back of the reigning IndyCar champion. You'll find none of these things in this triple bill of video game racing styles. But don't despair. <laughs> Daffy Duck gets a bit of a pasting, doesn't it? Yeah. 55%. That has to be the lowest score anything's received. So. And yet... The body text of the air quotes review doesn't hint at a bad game. No. It just says the graphics are very good, but the play feel is dull play feel. and gets very frustrating. And then that's the entirety of the grave section of the box. Very dull and frustrating to play. Yeah. And then 55%. I mean, one hit kills. So, you know. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Stuff. The unwritten statement I'm taking from this is that we've had billions of games just like this, and I think Vincent's just getting sick of them. Possibly. There's not much going on in this review zone, so should we just hop over? Let's just spin on, yeah. Sticker Zone! Sticker Zone! Okay, hi, the first couple of pages of the Sticker Zone are just screenshots from Sonic 3, but I've got a shiny there, look. Ooh, there's is it? Sonic. Sonic himself. It's Sonic doing a jump with a shiny background. Uh, there's another one. He's doing a kind of clicky thing with his finger. That's a shiny. And uh, apart from that, it's all screenshots from Sonic 3. The first two pages are just to introduce him. The second two pages are explicitly an advert for Sonic 3. It's cool. It's Sonic 3. Oh, listen to this. Sonic, there's a little bit of story. Sonic is sitting around chilling out with his friend Tails. Suddenly, a monkey-like creature comes hurtling towards them like a whirlwind. It turns out to be Robotnik's latest sidekick, Knuckles. A monkey-like creature. Beg your pudding? Okay. <laughs> Another couple of pages of that. Lots of carnival night zones. A carnival night zone double page mm. spread there. Then we get a couple of double page spreads dedicated to certain zones. We've got like a carnival night marble garden one. We've got an ice cap and launch base double page there. And again, look at how good I am at sticking these stickers. <laughs> <laughs> was precise with those things. I took ages over them, Lovely I seem to. Work. It must have been a ruler involved. <laughs> Mutant League. Mutant League. Mutant League. Mutant League. Mutant League. 
Bring Me the Head of Coach Bricka, Part 4, written by Steve White and Brian Williamson, with art by Anthony Williams and Brian Williamson, with letters by Tom Freem. The Midway Monsters continue their pursuit of KT Slayer and Coach Bricka's captive head, with the latest obstacle in their path being the sudden beginning of the Winter Olympics. They catch up to KT just outside Zalgor Prig's Toxicon headquarters, but they're too late to prevent their coach's head from falling into Prig's tentacles. I think this was a good one. It's not bad or anything, uh-huh. but I don't know, I kind of feel like Mutant League's gone off the boil a bit for me, to be honest. Do you think so? See, I found this yeah. one, I, I think I just like the idea that suddenly, because of a freak weather accident, the entire story of the comic has changed. <laughs> Do you know, well, my question was, and this is not a criticism, this is that this is just, is the joke that yeah. the Winter Olympics have started because it's snowing, or is it that it started snowing because it's time for the Winter Olympics. I don't know. I can't answer that. <laughs> I mean, I love the panel. Grim looks up. Look, I don't want to be a prophet, a doom or anything, but I, I think it's going to snow. And then the next panel is just... Humph! <laughs> that's the sound effect. Humph! As all the snow just falls all at once and they're suddenly up to their waists in it. And underneath the humph, it says in brackets, snow falling sign. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I'm going to have to raise this. If you were reading this in Sonic the Comic at the time, or if you are listening along to this podcast by cracking open your old physical copies, you will have a different experience than mm. those who are reading the scans that are to be found online. I found this very confusing, because what happens when you are reading this comic in the physical copy is they're all just mutant leaguing around, there's a big explosion at the end of page one. And then suddenly a caption says on the next page, dot, 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 the Winter Olympics. And then the commentators appear and start telling you about the Winter Olympics. They're doing the Winter Olympics. Some Winter Olympics stuff happens. Then it cuts to some non-winter running around. You get the, I think it's going to snow bit. Mm. And then that same guy says, snow, ice skating, figure skating, curling. Bummer. It can only be dot, dot, dot. And then it just cuts to something else happening. And... It wasn't until I compared it can only be dot 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 and the previous page's caption dot 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 the Winter Olympics that I realised Sonic the Comic printed two pages out of order in Mm. this issue. It's funny because page three does follow on perfectly fine from page one. Yep. You know, page one ends with... I mean, there seems to be a gaffe even on page one, to be honest. Uh, Yes! Again, we have our little recap action where, in this instance now, the commentators are now actually down on the field running alongside the Midway Monsters to get their live thoughts on the way the game is proceeding right now. Chuck asks Grim, whose full name we find out this issue is Grim McSlam, which is not a name that befits this guy. <laughs> but um, uh, he says, prospect for the game ahead? And then there's nothing. And then, mm-hmm. incoming? I'm sorry, I don't quite understand. And then, yeah, a big explosion. But it does seem like, yeah, there's supposed to be a speech bubble from Grim that says, incoming! Yeah, that's very odd. Mm. I wasn't sure what was happening there. I think it might have just, it might just be... Because the panel is so, so thin, did the letterer here just go, well, look, there's no... I can't put 
the first balloon up at the top without it looking like it's coming out of Grimm. So I'll just have to assume that we all assume that we hear him say incoming or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it would be difficult to fit the, the bubbles yeah. in, all right. You could, I mean, you could put it above Grimm, but you'd have to do it a big, long teal that would arc around. Would have, it would, in fact, it would actually definitely have to arc out of the panel and round again to come round the art. It looks like a mistake to me, but I don't. But the page ends on an explosion, and then, as you say, page hmm. three, the actual page three, starts with a bunch of armed bobsleds speeding mm. across the snow so it could very well look for all the world if you're reading it as printed that these armed bobsleds are the ones who fired the shot that was incoming that caused the explosion it's it doesn't feel discontinuous yeah. but then page two does but once we've sorted that out anyway page three is the one i really like that this is this is my page because it's got two big laughs on it yeah this is pretty good yeah number one the eric von blofield memorial stadium here in wreck Yavik. As in the word wreck to wreck. W-R-E-C-K. Yavik, love that. That's a nice little joke. And then, <laughs> so these guys are on their riced up bobsleigh, like covered in guns and stuff, and they're just going down this thing. They ramp up off the ramp. Yeah, the leaguers commandeer one of their bobsleds. What the hell are these vehicles? They they get in, come down, they shoot off the... Wait a second. I've just figured out what this event is. Freestyle clay bobsleigh shooting. <laughs> That's the bet. And as he says it... They zoom off the end and everybody opens fire on them. You know, you don't even see who, but like at the bottom of the panel, just loads of machine guns are coming in yeah. to shoot them. That's the best gag in the strip. It's really, really good. Then after they come off the end of the slalom, essentially, they crash land on a pair of figure skaters <laughs> yes. and, uh, and then pick up the pursuit of KT heading towards Salgor Preg's headquarters. They'll never catch him. And then they do catch him. They tackle him to the ground and he drops Bricka's head and it bounces off. It bounces along and he does his little uh, spluttery rassafras ring. Do you want to do this one for us, Chris? <laughs> Swan, hunt, dime, buster, barns, Wallace, brain, hemorrhage, cheese, beast, super supreme, sad, salad. <laughs> so... I didn't get those references at the start. I looked him up. Barnes Wallace, the inventor of the Dam Buster bouncing bomb. And he's <laughs> bouncing along the snow. He's bouncing, isn't he? Oh, let's see. So that's, that's a, why he that's says... A good guy. But Dam Buster sounds like a down blast type thing. Yeah. He would mutter. And uh, Swinehund is German for pig dog. Apparently more offensive than you would imagine it is in Germany. Really? At least you hear it in cartoons all the time. Yeah. Back in the day, at least. Yeah, well. <laughs> so this is, yeah, it, it's just a lot of silly little jokes, and I like it when it is. I felt a little bit um, uh, Pirate STC confused by a couple of points mm, in the previous mm. episodes, but this one I get along with nicely. It's just it's like sketches. It's like a claymation special about football or something, you know? But, yeah, I, basically, I think I just didn't remember that four-sixths, or two-thirds, if you prefer, maths fans, um, <laughs> of, of the strip just were kind of the sports parody of them mm -hmm. running through sport. Yes. Uh, and, you know, finally, at the end of the strip, the head bounces along and there's Prig and Dr. Wiz waiting for it. So, you know, they'll, they'll do the robot thing next episode, I presume. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess it just that that one gag ran on a little longer. The, you know, the, the, the mm. big picture gag maybe ran on a little longer than I was uh, expecting or too keen about. Do you know, I don't think it's also in the course of these four parts that we've even mentioned on the podcast the whole running blah ha 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 gag no have we i don't know yeah, i think, I think we must that, have done in the first episode. i i feel like i remember enjoying it when i was young 
but I honestly don't think I've even cracked a smile about it um, <laughs> no. on, on this read, which is probably why we haven't brought it up at all. But it's like, yeah, Zalgor Prig does a lot of evil laughs mid-sentence. There have been a few gags where he gets cut off and someone says, there'll be time for evil laughter later. And then later in the strip, they'll do it and they'll be a little... Just as here, you know, he doesn't blah-ha-ha when he gets his evil monologue at the start of the strip, and there was a footnote that said, what, no blah-ha-ha? Well, maybe we'll remember one later. And then at the end of the strip, he lets out a big blah-ha-ha, and there's a wee asterisk and a footnote that says, told you there'd be one later. And it's uh, it's that STC and that, that footnote love affair coming in there again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it picks up for me next issue. I don't hate it or anything, but um, yeah, I, I just feel like maybe it hasn't lived quite up to the potential of the first part. Hmm. Okay, yeah, well, I like this one, and I am I really like the art in it, I think. Yes, especially we, the, we should say it is very nice art all the way through. Yeah, it reads easily, it communicates well, and especially the, um, as, as I've already mentioned about Nigel Kitching, I like an artist from this era who was big on shapes, mm, and mm, there's mm. some big shapes. This last full-page picture of these big mech-looking guys stomping yeah. up, and uh, they're just really cool to look at. I like the harsh red light and shadow on Bricka's head on the final panel. Yes, that's the interesting thing when you get... The, the, we've, I think this is uh, something we've seen a lot of in STC with these artists who feel as if they are shipped over from 2000 AD and the likes of that. These are people who draw in a mix between a sort of realistic and cartoony way, not always with full mastery of either, but with really good just like art chops that... You don't see stuff like this anymore because these days you have to be really great at anatomy and so on. And these people, you see a lot of more abstract shapes in these, but always with these great colouring tricks like this one. Never, ever underestimate the value of block colouring a crowd and then using colour to pick out the important details. And, for instance, this final page here, where Prig and Dr. Wiz and their two robots are in full colour and then Bricka in the foreground is just solid red. uh, Gradiated red. There are shadows and highlights, but it's It's all shades of red. Yeah, it's a sort of non-diegetic colour to (laughs) emphasise the background a bit. Yeah, it's really great. So, full marks for the art. Always. Sticker zone. Sticker zone. <laughs> the next double page spread, perhaps a surprise, it's dedicated to Amy Rose. Oh, that is surprising, but it's nice yeah, to see. It is. So we've got the classic picture of uh, Sonic carrying Amy, uh, printed slightly better than I've seen it before. Um, lots of stickers of Amy from Sonic CD here, pretty much every time she appears in the game at all, plus a couple of shots of her from the ending animation. Then we have a double page spread called The Good and the Bad, and it's just pictures of, you know, Sonic fighting bosses in Sonic 3. And then we have a special page where it's the transparent sort of stickers of Badniks. So you, Ooh. yeah, they're transparent ones, and you. You wouldn't see those too often. No, you got a drawing of the badnik in the middle of the sticker, and then apart from that, it's transparent. Which meant I had to really carefully put these ones on to cover the exactly the right shape. White they, uh, cutouts they did have on the page. Shapes to, yeah, okay, right. uh, that's my guess. If that's what it was, I've done it so well that you can't see. So maybe it didn't. Could have just stuck them on wherever. No, there's definitely numbers underneath them. I can see that. Uh, oh well, I can I can find out in my other blank album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look. Oh, yeah! Look, look at that. They've look got at that. white that beautiful cutouts. work. So I was so good at putting the stickers on that I literally couldn't tell if they had white cutouts or not. Well, 
Well done, Dave. Must have been set squares and protractors and <laughs> compasses <laughs> just put to work on that. I've used skills there that have no other use in life. And do you even still have them now? Probably not. I <laughs> tell you what, I got them from putting together the deluxe Megazord sets and getting all the little stickers in place there. Oh, yeah. Dr. Robotnik and Knuckles, double-page spread, different screenshots of, again, Sonic 3, but one shiny of that Knuckles drawing. And I'll end this uh, little segment here with the pull-out section in the middle. Oh, yeah. It's an unfolding... You get this oftentimes now in sticker albums. It'd be like a poster or something you could pull out. Is this, does this fold out into a poster or does it fold out a long ways? It folds out into a essentially like four pages long freeze. It a says... Freeze. Oh, you yeah. never hear that word Freeze. Anymore, yeah. Freeze. It says, I learned it from stuff like this. <laughs> it says Sonic... I think I learned it from like an alphabet that I put on the bedroom wall. Well, I didn't. F is um, for freeze. I know where I heard it, from the hmm? Puddle Lane Fan Club, or Learning Club, or whatever it was called. You were given a wall freeze of all of Puddle Lane, and you put stickers of the characters who lived there up. Just in case anybody doesn't know what that is, it just <laughs> basically means like a long horizontal poster. Yeah. And this one says, Sonic Megapix, complete this fabulous wall poster with your amazing glitter stickers. Glitter stickers. And they are what I have already referred to as shinies. I was going to say, because you normally put the shinies on the special pull-out posters, yeah, they didn't you? Are. I'm, having to, I'm having to handle it carefully one side mm -hmm. at a time because I don't want to rip the whole thing out. Yeah, the weight, of, the weight of a shiny sticker. That's the thing. This completed album is considerably heavier than the empty one is. So, yeah, these are just lots of shinies, which are a basic drawing of Sonic or Tails, and one of Amy, one with Robotnik on, on a shiny background, which um, presumably everybody knows what I'm talking about there. I've, I mean, how could they not? News Zone. Zone's a bit skimpy this time. A little bit, um, yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, Lion King's coming. Yep, lovely, good. It is a true window into the past. Mm -hmm. The Lion King, Disney's latest blockbuster animated film, has been clawing in the money at cinemas in America all summer long. Apostrophe in the wrong place there for a plural. <laughs> uh, now it is set to do the same in Britain next month. Yeah. Just like, do you remember whenever yeah. stuff didn't come out at the same time all That's around right. the world? So Lion King was a summer movie in America, a Christmas movie here. Mm. That's all. They just say that it looks good. And as we know, it was. It was. Then there's some... Um, uh, by contrast. Yes, indeed. A robot <laughs> revolution in the making. Rise of the Robots from Mirage is coming. It's been hard to miss all the hype, they say. But if you have, we can tell you it's another Street Fighter simulation with robots and graphics to die for. It's going to come out on a whole bunch of systems. I love this bit here. It's got soundtrack by Brian May, former lead guitarist with Queen and composer of music for Ford TV ads. <laughs> That's right, everything we do. I bet that's the number two thing you would put, like, under a list of stuff Brian May has done. <laughs> that is what you put there. Anyway, yep, it's going to be out on over 20 different formats, and as it turned out, it was total bum. An absolute great big bum. A big, fat, smelly bottom. But, of course, we have here the famous picture of the big cyborg, dark blue shiny man. Yes, I recognised the picture as soon as I saw it. I mean, you see that. You saw that everywhere back then. It was in every possible format. They hyped the hell out of this game. It was 
going to it was okay it was supposed to be the next big street fighter beating thing but it turned out it was just a load of rubbish they'd spent loads of money rendering these graphics on high-end machines and of course flattening them down to sprites and it just that, that was all that there was in the game it came to nothing else there was hype about how it was the next level of game because it had this ai that learned your personal fighting techniques and sort of countered what it knew you were going to fight like but actually it turned out all that was was that if you press kick eight times in a row it would block a kick before you even did one that, that so you just didn't you just varied what you did and that was it Speaking of things that were a little bum, uh, article yeah. in here about uh, the Street Fighter film. Mm, um, Kylie is canny. Leading with that, which, I mean, only makes sense, um, certainly for British audiences. Yeah, the fact that Kylie Minogue was going to play Kami is probably the single most notable thing about the whole film. I wonder if presumably that meant nothing at all to the Americans. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think they know who she is now, but I don't know if they knew then. I don't think they did. Yeah. Is it, it to, to them, is she Cammy? <laughs> Maybe. But this is all full of wrong and weird and bad. Uh, yes, there's and a it's lot not of... just because it's talking about Street Fighter the movie here. No, there's like, a lot of freaks involved, isn't there? There are never happened wrong. We made it up. Um, like, there's a bad screenshot, first of all, from Street Fighter 2, <laughs> simply to illustrate the fact that this is a Street Fighter thing, yeah. which is a terribly... It's just a, it's a screenshot of Chun-Li crouching in the bottom left-hand corner <laughs> of the entire frame. Yeah, she a, looks like she's broken off from the fight to have a quick poo by the side of the road. Yeah, just... And then Vegas come and diving down above her, and then the whole other middle and right-hand side of the... It's stamped this. And then the second <laughs> screenshot in the article is... Streets are rage! Streets are rage! So... <laughs> Okay, granted, it's the woman from Streets of Rage. <laughs> I mean, is that better? I don't think it is. I think that's worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is in a way, isn't it? And then they start describing the rest of the cast members yes. of the movie. So they get Jean-Claude Van Damme's Guile, that's true. Raul Julia, Gomez from the Adams Family, is to star as M. Bison. And then it says in brackets, yeah. someone must be having a laugh there. Oh. And yeah, it was Raul Julia. He was having the laugh. Yes. <laughs> and then... Here we go. Yeah, right. So Dalsim, which they've spelled wrong as Dalsim, Mr. Sim, yeah. is played by Ben Kingsley. Bit of a change from Gandhi. Daniel Day-Lewis, brackets, last of the Mohicans, is T-Hawk. No, no, those two things are not true. No. Those sound like rumours that somebody picked up because of the hey. complete nonsense. Like, Possibly. Because Ben Kingsley played Gandhi, therefore he's playing the Indian character from Street Fighter. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis was in Last of the Mohicans, so they think he's playing the Native American character <laughs> from Street Fighter. Oh, do you think they got... Do you think yeah. someone was having a laugh with them and they, like, in the old 90s casual racism way, they were just like... Quite possibly, or or it was some. I mean, I today you'd say it was some bullshit from the internet that got spread uh, around, yeah. but we didn't have that back then, so who knows? But th there's no way I believe either of those things were ever true. No. For reference, an actor named Roshan Seth played Dalsim, and an actor named Greg Rainwater played T Hawk. You know, mm. people of the correct nationality and ethnicity, I believe. <laughs> and then they close it by mentioning, and someone from Joy Luck Club, and then in brackets. Yeah. Yep. Is Chun Li, and that, that is completely accurate. That is accurate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The, I mean, it was Ming Na Wen, and it's yeah. just the fact that she, she wasn't anybody no, at that she point. Was the, the, someone from Joy Luck Club. Joy Luck Club was the film that made her known to American audiences. Yeah. But it does sound the way they phrase that. Someone from Joy Luck Club. Sorry, sorry. 
someone from the the Joy Luck Club. Um, Brackets, it does make okay. it sound like it's like a Chinese pop band. Yeah, and and like the person writing this thinks that is probably what yeah, it is. That, that it's that, like a, a performer from a band or yeah. a pop group or something. Yeah. That's what the K is for. It's like, they're going like, what is this? What is the Joy Luck Club? What club yeah. are we talking about here? Yeah. So this is just written by someone who straight up doesn't know what they're talking about. No, no. <laughs> Gary Penn, again, has not done his work there. He's not done his research. Well, I, I struggle to think how you would do some of the research pre-internet. Well, I mean, isn't that true of everything? How did yeah. one do yeah. research back then? We don't know. It's impo- Like, we were around back then, yeah. and we don't know, because no. we, we did it by looking at magazines. Genuine Where did the mystery people who made me. the magazines get it from? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know now. No. How did it work? Fax machines. I mean, I guess what you would do is you would phone up someone you knew who works on a film magazine and go like, have you ever heard of the Joy Luck Club? But you'd have to know it's a film to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like, from the way it's been written here, that he did. No, he's probably phoned up someone at Smash Hits and gone, do you know about the Joy Luck Club? It's, I think it's a Chinese band. And they've gone, <laughs> no. And to be honest, it gets weirder. No, that's not fair. It's not quite <laughs> as bad as that. But the short burst section is, is just as odd. Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, first of all, like for, hey everyone, it's Asterix the Gauls' 65th birthday this year, and fans who are Master System and Game Gear owners can celebrate <laughs> with Asterix and the Great Rescue. Or not? Yeah. What? I don't what understand that. What is going on? What I is do that not, about? What is that about? Is he? Is he got? Because that you would expect that to be the prefix to a bad review of the game. Yeah. Like you it, can celebrate with this game or not. It's rubbish. Yeah. But what is he saying? Because that's it. That's the whole. That is the entire section about Asterix. Yeah. That's it. That's where it stops. Uh, this isn't a bad bit of news reporting or anything. This one just really took me off guard. Yeah. To tie in with the video release of Jurassic Park in October, they're releasing Jurassic Park Rampage Edition, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Wait a minute. Yeah. It's been a year and a half since Jurassic Park was in the cinema, <laughs> and they're only bringing the video out now. Yeah, that's what you used to do. It used to be the Bloody following year. hell, I do not remember that. I know a little bit about I looked up this because I was confused. Like, what is... What is a Rampage edition? Are they... Because it says here it's glossier and features new sections, but somehow we can't help but think it's going to be a little too similar to the first one for comfort. So I'm like, what is this? Is this like a special... Is this the first special edition? It sounds like a zhuzhed up version, but it does seem to have been marketed as a sequel. They didn't do that in those days of like, you know, special edition of a game or like game of the year version or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up and it seems like what it is, is that basically... I think, reading between the lines, when they brought out Jurassic Park, the game, a film was coming out, you bring out a game, you put it out. Now, though, Jurassic Park is the big film of the Mm. decade. So they're like, oh, we should really bring out like a prestige video game. So what they've done is they've taken the original game, and I think they've just kind of fixed anything that people had complaints about. They've just made it a bit better. They've put extra levels in. They have, as you say, you judged it up a bit, and it just comes out again under a new name. But also, a new storyline, it is kind of yeah. set after the first game, but it's the same, what we would now say, game engine, I guess. Standalone sequel. Mm. It's, it's a Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. 
ATP Tennis and Pebble Beach Golf coming from the Sega Sports range. Is that telling us that there haven't been Sega Sports games before, perhaps? It does not. Yeah, a mm. Sega Sports range is on the is way on this the autumn. Way. Sounds like maybe those are Sega produced or Sega programmed. Or if something. only we cared. Exactly. Uh, likewise, I don't have much uh, interest in either of the two new Mega CD interactive movies, no. Midnight Raiders, not much known about that yet, and Fahrenheit. Now, what did interest me in here, I was very confused by this. Uh It says of Fahrenheit, it will be one of the first Mega CD releases enhanced for the 32X, i.e. not grainy 16-colour image, but crisp 256-colour ones. Mm. I was very confused by that, because I didn't understand. Um, As it turned out, that didn't actually happen with Fahrenheit at all. Um, But it did with Midnight Raiders. Oh. And I looked, I had to go to YouTube, and I found it on Cinemassacre, but yeah, it's a Mega CD game. But you got to plug the 32X into the Mega Drive oh. as well. You don't plug anything into no. the 32X. I even now don't understand how that works. Well, so my guess is that the 32X had within it some special graphics chip that they're relying on you to run part of this game through. I my, guess so. I guess my, my mental image of the 32X is a slot. It is an essential intermediary yeah. to make how it be works. So yeah. the fact that you can plug it in the top and then the Mega CD goes up the bum of the Mega Drive yeah. and that it still can somehow work doesn't make sense to me. And is this a game that will not run unless you've got a 32X? I'm not 100% sure, but it says on the box that it's a Sega CD32X game. Wow. It's a two-disker as well. Oh, gosh. That feels all too unruly to me. I think, I think there might have only been one or two such things ever made, because yeah, obviously we say. know the 32X is going to die on its hole in the next couple of weeks. And so. the Saturn is already out. Yeah. That sounds like a way of trying to release a game that's a Saturn game, a too big game for the Right, because I mean, I was thinking that maybe it would be a cart and a CD and you had to put them both in at once or something, but it's not. <laughs> Which again, yeah. like, well, we know it was the Saturn, wasn't it? Had the cart port that wound up yeah. not being used in the end, so. Yeah. Uh, who knows? And then they tell us we've got a couple of Warner Brothers cartoons coming out. Daffy Duck, Roadrunner, Speedy Gonzalez versus Sylvester and mm. the Adventures of Batman and Robin based on the new animation. That's nice. Yeah, because that would be very new at the time. There's, a, there's a sticker collection you could do. Yeah. Which I'm sure they did. Doubtless they did. Yeah. And uh, Steven Spielberg's next oh. blockbuster, Casper, which has a multi-million dollar special effects budget bigger than Jurassic Park's, sheesh, will be coming to Sega Systems through Interplay only for the Mega Drive 32X. Ooh, and uh, perhaps the Saturn. And then it ends with a tut. So I don't get that, first of all, but also, uh, no it didn't. No it didn't. We made this one up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. It never happened. The 32X version did not come out, but a Saturn version did. (laughs) It did. And the Casper movie wasn't until the next summer. So, like, that's Mm. telling us really ahead of time. Planning in advance. Doesn't look like it's up to much, the Casper game. Much like the film. I liked the film, but what are you going to do? I also liked the film until I tried to rewatch it last year. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, there's your mistake. (laughs) Yeah, but I like, I still like the Mario film. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, there's your mistake. Sticker Zone! A quick Sticker Zone, because I want to race through the people of Mobius. Oh. Many of Sonic's fellow Mobians have been roboticized. I don't like that. By Butnik and his cronies. There's only one way to save them from a life of squeaky joints and rusty nuts and bolts. Every time Sonic comes up against his arch enemy and defeats him, more of his friends are set free. But only when Mobius is rid of Robotnik can the animals live in peace. And also Tails. So we've got a big Tails background here, and basically this is a Tails page. I don't know why it's not talking about 
tails particularly, you'd think it would be stickers of the little animals coming out of robots, but it's not. It's just tails stuff. And it's that one model sheet from the cartoon as well. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Like the handout. STC invades Europe, a one-page little bonus feature where we see what Sonic the comic is or is adapted into or is repurposed as in, in various countries around the Europe. Yeah, and it, it always comes as a surprise to remember that this was sold anywhere else, not yeah, just right? in the UK. Because it feels so marginalised by modern it? internet standards. But out there, there are all these Sonic fans who speak French or German or whatever, and they're, they're making the same podcast we are, going like, how come you guys don't remember this, this version of Sonic? The one that had Mr. T in it. Right? Like, these, some of these are definitely not just adapted versions of Sonic the Comic. Some of these are... I mean, they do all use the logo, so yeah. I guess they are in that sense. But yeah. they, some of them have definitely just used the assets to create rather different magazines. And yeah, Sonic Der Comic from Germany seems to be the most different one, wouldn't you say? Mm. Where it's, a, it's first of all, it's pocket-sized, so it's like a digest-sized comic. And it's got Sonic and other STC stories, but then it's also got a Mr. T comic strip. Yeah. And then everything from Guns N' Roses to sumo wrestling. And the uh, <laughs> cover image they have here of issue number three of Sonic Der Comic has Das Finale of Wonder Boy. Yeah. Which... First of all, it means they must have been printing multiple issues of Wonder Boy to go. Yeah. But it's also got articles about wrestling tag teams and uh, the Coneheads movie is, is out too. <laughs> yeah. I've certainly heard from actual like people that, oh, in my country, Germany, we used to have a Sonic the comic that had a Mr. T comic at the back as well. I've definitely heard that in the wild and here's evidence of it does make me wonder if it was a pre-existing Mr. T comic strip or or was it just yeah, like must have been like David Hasselhoff they just really loved Mr. T over there in Germany and they made their um, own comics about him maybe <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm. Le Boomer Francais enjoy a mix of the best STC strips in uh, Sonic Mag. Sonic Mag. At 20 francs. Uh, seems like it's a more normal version of the comic. And the uh, over in Holland, their version contains lots of Sonic strips plus reviews in Zapping and the T-Zone for guess what? But I... I what? I'm guessing tips. Oh, but... tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, as long as... Like what? What's the Holland word for tips? Exactly, right? I don't, you know. Does it start with T or not? It feels like they've maybe. It's not as obvious as they suggest it is. <laughs> no. though, yeah. And the last one on here is Sonic Video Game and Fumetti mm. in Italy. What does fumetti mean? Do you think fumetti in Italy it just means comics? It's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a manga situation where it's just the word for comics right. in its home country, but it has a different meaning in English, where like manga oh. very specifically refers to. Japanese comics. Yeah. In English, uh, we tend to use it to refer to photo comics, but here it, it just refers to, to just comics. So there you go. Sonic the Comic was not just for the UK, it was all across Europe where everything is better. <laughs> Sticker Zone! Sticker Zone! The next thing in the sticker album, uh, this is quite unusual or interesting, it's an adaptation of Subterranean Sonic, the second episode of The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm holding it up to show Chris here. Ooh, that's a random one, all right. Yeah, it's just lots of different screenshots from that episode telling the story of that episode. I remember I had a lot of swaps from this, and I was like, well, what am I going to do with that? Because I don't want a random picture of this random mole character up on my bed. And yeah, 
don't get me wrong, I still put it there. <laughs> but I had a lot of swaps. I seem to remember of the um, the two on the bottom of the first page here. One of Sonic and Tails looking confused while holding a crystal sticking out of a bit of a rock. And one of the mole guy aiming a cannon at Sonic while he's dressed as a miner. I had a few swaps of that. So what I did with one each was I made them floppy disk labels for the uh, discs on which I was writing my Sonic the Hedgehog fanfics on my Amiga. And uh, very soon, maybe even... By the time you've listened to this, I'm going to be doing a Patreon bonus extra where I read my old fanfics oh, to Chris, and he has to sit bastard. through that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this is the first I'm hearing of it, boomers. So if you want to hear Chris have to suffer through that, then you can join patreon.com forward slash scdb. We have got a full three double pages of subterranean sonic Whew, they were hurting for space to fill at this point they, aren't they? really were and it's not even the first episode it's the second episode hmm. isn't that weird sonic's world right here we go let's see if i can get it right this time sonic's world cam and bert bath search and repair operatives in no more mr Nicebug part three that's the truncated version that Chris has supplied me with. <laughs> Written by Mark Isles, art by Mike Hadley, colours by John M. Burns, and letters by Elita Fell. Cam and Bert fend off the Nice Nick's attack, then pursue them across the zone, and finally succeed in smashing them to bits. After cobbling what working parts remain together into one misshapen motorbug, they reprogram it to remove the Nice Nick virus and congratulate themselves on a job well done. But it seems the Nice Nick virus might have already spread to other bad Nicks. What is there to say about Cam and Bert, Barf Search and Repair Operatives in No More Mr. Nice Bug Part 3? Good riddance? Uh, yeah, that's about right, yeah. I mean... <laughs> oh, here, okay, I'll tell you what. Let me say something nice about this strip. They got the loop right. They did, didn't they? I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, to be fair, actually, I do enjoy that bit where, where uh, yeah. they're running, they're chasing the motorbugs across the zone, and the bugs just fly through. I can say motorbugs, that's the script, they're buzz Yeah, we're going to call them that uh, now. They, they, they just fly through the hole in the loop, and Bert runs round the loop. And he goes, yeah. I love these loops. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. I didn't like it at first because I, I think it makes a mockery of Sonic's ability to go around a loop if this lummox can do it as well. But now on reflection, I find it quite funny. Hurry up, you great nitwit. It's fine. This is just a comic. It's not very good, but it's... Eh, there's been worse. Yeah, it's just... like we're, yeah, it's not like it's not that bad. It's it's barely four pages of content, to be brutally honest. That's it. And and the the the, the really the worst thing about this comic is that it finds itself lumbered with the amazing knuckles episode. You know, that like is it's true, just yeah. in a comic that it cannot punch up to the weight of. And uh, artistically, it's not a great showcase for Hadley this one in particular, because mm. generally speaking, he is not an artist who has been bad at matching the Sonic style when he's had to draw the animal friends and everything. But it's not worth. I mean, maybe it's simply because he has wound up drawing Cam and Bert as these rather gross more realistic animals but whenever they they smash the two motorbugs you know what he can't draw bad nicks being bopped though we've seen this before the characters always just seem to sort of make light contact with the bad nicks and they just 
so two rabbits pop out, and ugh, those aren't Johnny Lightfoots. No, those no, are like those are nasty-looking British storybook rabbits. And I did laugh whenever you know they they weren't supposed to smash the badniks, but it was the only way to stop them. And then the, they rebuild them, and they just build them into this one nasty, like misshapen one with four legs and three eyes, and one of its mandibles is plugged in as a mohawk. And um, because they can only build one, like they can't get the two rabbits in. There's, there's only room for one, Kemp. Both will fit if you push hard. <laughs> yes, and I, I thought that the joke was going to be that he'd pushed these two rabbits in so hard that the badnik just kind of bursts open as it flies away. But no, those two rabbits are just crammed into this badnik and that's the end of the story. Yes, it's it's a blackly comedic moment. That's, that's why I find it quite enjoyable. Yes, I've already mentioned it, but the page with the loop, Hadley spends basically a whole page drawing the same loop from different angles yeah. and he nails it. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not Hadley I've got a problem with, but yeah. why? he's gone with these designs because so you said more realistic animals and that's true they've got more realistic animal heads and then their bodies are oh, they're just people bodies yeah quite realistic people bodies for you know for the comic yeah. but like superhero style muscly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bodies and it oh i don't like it and the way this ends that's another of the blue adversaries messes cleaned up by badnik army repair functionaries this is clearly supposed to be scanning as a sort of Lower Decks episode. Yeah. You know, that that is supposed to be what this is. Showing another angle on Sonic's world of the normal everyday people working to oil the cogs of the evil Eggman empire, if you will, you know. Yeah. I cannot help but, especially looking at the fact that they take a page to show Bert running over around a loop, essentially. <laughs> Whereas this, this could have been done in two pages. If Sonic's world had had five pages instead of four... Cam and Bert should have been one. One five-page strip. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think I made the point back when we did the first part of this. This is, it should have been a one-shot story that's just like a little comedic Lower lower Decks episode. And they could have fit all of the important beats in, Mm -hmm. start to finish, of this whole series. And so because it's instead these multiple episodes that are four pages long, there's a lot of mucking about. It's, It's just boring. Yeah. I think we have to be clear. It's not a bad idea. No! No, it's not, like not at I all. don't like the barf joke isn't funny, and no. nor is naming them after cheese because that no. doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's just Mark Isles's sense of humor, apparently. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's just badly executed. It's a badly executed version of of a decent idea. It's kind of like the, the the best thing I could say I think about Camembert. And once again, as I was reading this one, I couldn't help but imagine being Mike Hadley drawing this. I think by this time he must have realised he's drawing the wrong sort of badnik. And he's just got to keep going. He's just got to press on. So here they are, sort of like, are they supposed to be doing the loop or just flying through it? That's the question, isn't it? I think, well, I mean, you get that first panel there on the approach, aren't they? Yeah, it's as if they're going to go up and around it. They look like they are rolling up the loop, but then the second panel... It's a good dramatic shot with the loop kind of curving away from us, and yeah. And then in the second panel, yeah, all you see is they're just flying through the loop. So again, yeah, you have to wonder, Mm. has the script called for motobugs and is describing them doing motobug things and Hadley's just drawn the wrong badnik and is now having to bend the art to fit the fact he's drawn flying badniks. Because if you'll notice, all they do is fly at ground level for the entirety yeah. of the strip, yeah. like wasn't it Richie who pointed out that in the last episode, one of them was supposed to like trundle over and flatten a thing? Yeah, flatten some flowers. Some flowers. It required, it required it to 
purposefully dive on the flowers. I mean, not, yeah. but this this strip does start, and last issue strip did end with them diving at Cameron Burt, and that's more dramatic, a visual yes. uh, and uh, an action beat than two motobugs rolling towards them over the grass. But then in this bit, we get the bit where Cam and Bert jump off a high ledge to land on the badniks, which yeah. if they were flying badniks, wouldn't be what you do. Why wouldn't they fly into the sky instead of hide under a cliff? Yeah, oh, yeah why would they Yeah, why would they be below Cam and Bert at all? I'd love to know what the script said. Yeah, oh, I'd love to know. Also, what just while we're on Hadley drawing the wrong badniks. Um, sorry, Hadley, like, I like the drawing. Yeah, this, no, but... I'm sorry, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'd love to know why. Come on the podcast, Mike. <laughs> but when Bert puts the thing together again, you've already pointed out how instead of having the waspy pincers, Mike draws it as like a sort of crescent-shaped moustache piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's used that as a piece. It turns into a mohawk here yeah. as the one from another one gets put on the top of the head. Very I like interesting. I li- no, I like that. I mean, they're, they're all mismatched, like the way they've turned the jets that are supposed to run parallel along their sides <laughs> yes. into four hobby horse legs. Yeah. And he's got three eyes, of course. Yeah. And it chugga chugga. And it looks like he's got those weird little tummy nipple guns stuck on his back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good little. See, this is how this. Yeah. The one part version of this would have been good. Yeah. Like, that's a good comedic beat yeah. to end the story on. That the bad Nick repair guys yeah. can't repair it and quietly cobble together what they can and hope the good doctor won't notice and just call it a good day and go home and put their feet up with a cuppa and a large barm cake or whatever. It's the sort of, you know, the common working man type story. That's what it's supposed to be. And it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't re- I didn't, first of all, like I can safely say, I didn't get that yeah, when I no, read no, this no. as a kid. I didn't get this was supposed to be a lower decks working man in amongst no. the evil empire type story. Didn't get it. Only get it now. And honestly, don't know how well it is communicated by the story. And it's only now that I, as an adult, am able to perceive that that's what it's supposed to be. And that's the thing. So as a kid, what I was reading this as, because I just simply didn't know about that sort of thing. I was reading this as just two ineffectual villains who's like, Mm. we're baddies, like Robotnik is, like Knuckles is, except we just goof up and we do everything wrong and we keep getting into muddles. And it was like a sort of, it's like a sort of uninspired Chuckle Vision episode of (laughs) Which, actually, I take it back because that would be great. Yeah. God, I wonder if they did any Chuckle Vision episodes where instead of it being the Chuckle Brothers star of Chuckle Vision on their latest job... If they were, like, introduced to the story as background characters trying to work for a more powerful character. Like, I can imagine Chuckle Vision the movie, you know, where it is like this. Where well, it's the sort of thing that really only works if you already have another universe to put it in. Like, if you have a Star yeah. Wars where you follow... Imagine the Chuckle Vision Star Wars movie. Star Wars crossover special. Think where they that. are two incredibly ineffectual stormtroopers and they're oh. gumped into the background of a new hope-like... <laughs> Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. He says, I don't need to see his identification. You need to see his identification, Barry. <laughs> he says, I don't need to see his identification. But you do need to see his identification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly me. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, yeah! Oh, I'm mad. Oh, 
god! Oh, it's such a... Sh- I mean, A, it's such a shame Barry's dead anyway. First of all, yes. <laughs> but imagine that clip where it's like, you don't need to see his identification. And then they... Oh, silly you. There's a proper silly little sketch me. in that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's oh. what this should be. Like, you know, yeah. So, a poor execution of a solid idea. Oh, well. Maybe next series of Cam and Burt will be good. Photo mm. <laughs> 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 zone. Photo zone. Yeah, not a graphic zone uh, this no. episode. A photo zone where uh, boomers have sent in pictures of them and their their sonic life, sonic swag, their sonic yep. style. Their sonic stuff. Leading with Alan Cassidy of Derry. Me own hometown. Oh, who is sat there with quite an STC collection. He's got every episode, every issue up to wherever he gets up to. The first birthday issue is probably... Looks like it's the newest one at the time there, yeah. Yeah, and he's got them artfully arranged around him. So he's sat... He's sat there with this kind of horseshoe shape of comics all the way around him, which start flat on the ground and, like, go up to a standing position. Goodness knows how they achieved this. Maybe they used some blue tack or something, but, like, you know, I've tried to arrange stuff to look that good before and I've failed. Well, the thing is, they're obviously not afraid to bend the spines. Oh, well, that explains it. There you go, you see. Wouldn't it? But he's got a 100-piece Sonic puzzle he's got on his wall behind him, just for this, because he'd never put a poster at ground level. No. He's, got, <laughs> he's got the poster that came with the Mega Drive, the old uh, Greg Martin Sonic mm-hmm. one-finger-up Robotnik miles away in the background picture. He's got the Sonic Christmas deco poking out from the top from of From issue 14, <laughs> yeah, tucked in at the top of the poster, in between the poster and the wall. And Dave, Hi. is that a bag of Sonic the Hedgehog crisps that he's eaten? I think it is. I think he's got a big tall bag and he's, uh, you know... Pantomiming eating them, well, at least. Yes, yes. I mean, the bag's clearly open, so if I was, you know, get tucked into them afterwards. Also, I'm pretty sure it's a multi-pack, so that would have smaller bags within it. Yes, of course. <laughs> but he's looking like he's trying to eat out of those. And, yeah, the, I can't really see very clearly, but it's as if the picture of... Like, on the front of the bag, there's a picture of a Sonic crisp, and it looks like a full Sonic head-to-toe body shape. It does a bit, doesn't it? It's probably two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've since done some research on this. They're actually toffee-flavoured bite-sized biscuits by Burton's, and what we're looking at there is a full Sonic's head with, underneath it, a full Tails head. But it's difficult to see at the low resolution, as printed in STC. Okay, well, that's him with his collection there. Oh, and also, by the way, uh, wearing a, a top that I definitely had uh, <laughs> at the time. It's the old uh, black stripe, red stripe, black stripe, yellow stripe, black stripe, red stripe uh, variety, which uh, I, I'm definitely pictured wearing in those days. Then we've got uh, Louise Falloon and Jamie Riley of Livingston, West Lothian. They are standing in front of a brick wall painted with a giant graffiti-style Sonic. Yeah. I wonder, did they paint it or did they just find some graffiti? Exactly. Is that round their house? Yeah, you wonder. Got a couple of uh, boomers in costume here. We have, yeah. Alison McQuaid and her brother. She's dressed as uh, Sonic and he's dressed as Tails. Um, rather clever, like sort of closet cosplay type things where it looks yeah. like they just kind of have like their pajamas and uh, shirts and things on with a few bits and pieces stitched to them. And uh, coloured in cardboard face masks that they've made themselves. Yeah, b- definitely homemade every single aspect of this. They've, I don't know what they've made the Sonic spikes out of, but it, you mm. know, it's bits of padding stitched in. It does thing. look to be to be stuffed. There's some effort yeah. gone in there. Now, David Berry from Brackley, yeah. Northampton, here, just to the right. 
that's a rather impressive bit of work. That looks like a mum's effort. Yeah, but I'd believe it if you told me that that was commercially available at the time. Because also true, but I, I mean, I don't. It don't look familiar to me, and I no. don't remember seeing pictures of anybody else ever wearing it. So yeah, it's not quite good enough for it to be the official one, but it nearly is. It's a sort of a fleecy hoodie, like teddy bear stuff. Yeah, and it's a hoodie, so he's pulled the hood part up, and that's mm-hmm. got his ears and spikes got ears on. on it, and the spikes, three spikes down the back, but it's just his face, no mask or anything. No, but then yeah, he's got the full flesh arms and the yeah. flesh circle on the tummy and he's got um, looks like knitted sneakers potentially as well <laughs> yeah 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 could have used his own arms i feel like mum could have saved could've, some time yeah. there but to be honest that yeah. never looks good no you're right there <laughs> and he's holding the tails cuddly toy yeah luciano del vicio from black hole in edinburgh looking smug but you can see why because he's got a lot of sonic swag he's got a bunch of issues he's got the master system games and uh he's got some uh looks like he's got a mixture of perhaps official posters or calendar pages that's right and also things he's uh, presumably drawn himself stuck up on as well. That's that's and right. A jumper too. The original Sonic Wear jumper. Oh, jumper! I thought I thought that was pajamas, but I think you're right. Oh, but it could he, be. Well, it could be. But he is sitting on his bed, which oh, has yeah, the I Sonic bed on it. The Sonic bed sheet. My beloved Sonic bed sheets. Oh, to still have that. I want to buy two of them off eBay, stick them together into a big double bed that we can use at home. But he's got the uh, Robotnik trundling along in his uh, land vehicle yes. with the drill on the front of it, from torn out of a calendar. Yeah, it's not actually Sonic the Poster Mag number two, but it is the image that was the poster. And he's got uh, what appears to be that picture of Sonic carrying Amy up on the wall with... um Little Sonic and Metallics, presumably. Yeah. You can only see mm-hmm. the Sonic and hearts everywhere. That, that'll have come out of some other magazines. Got lots of Sega logos. But then, just stuff he's drawn. I recognise at least two of them as, as uh, copied from the comic. Yeah, the one of Sonic... Uh, so, he's copied what looks to me like a Richard Elson drawing of Sonic being oh, being bowled over. And he's copied it well, but he's decided that he's landed in some spikes. And is that little <laughs> yeah. bits of blood flecking out I that I can see? did wonder, yeah. <laughs> He looks like he looks like the type to look at him. <laughs> there's uh, there's one of Sonic who appears to have jumped clean off a cliff or fallen off a cliff. He's falling to his death there. Uh, okay, Luciano. Big into it, isn't he? And then there's just one of Sonic looking cool yeah. coming out of a ring or something. And the last picture on the page is from Sophie Monger of Hungerford, who's got the Sonic and Tails cuddly toys and is looking very happy about it. She is looking manically happy about the fact that she's carrying these two cuddly toys. I, I, I don't know if she's posed that way because she just wants to look good with her toys or if that's the moment she received both toys. She is beaming all over her face and onto the next face. Quite a head of hair on that last. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's like a Lego head of hair. It is. It is like Vanta Black. There's no <laughs> shadow in there. It is just this black, pure dome of infinite night. That's... And it's a it's a real dome. You've got like mm, like you've got the fringe. fringe. So a fringe stops in a straight line just above the eyebrows rockets up into the sky like twice that distance again comes back down and then splays suddenly dramatically out at the sides it's brilliant love it i wish i could do that maybe i'll be able to do that with my hair by the end of lockdown (laughs) it almost looks like she's just got some sort of helmet or wig on the entire height of the black is equal to or slightly more than the entire rest of visible face yes (laughs) so thanks to all those boomers for sending in photos where are you now write in get in touch if any of these are you please sophie tell us what was going on with your head
Q-Zone. We can skip the back issue zone and go straight to the Q-Zone and then basically skip past the Q-Zone as well. Although it is worth mentioning because it is uh, the Sonic 3 solution. Though did you think... Yeah. They're calling this a guide. <laughs> yeah. Is a yeah. bit generous. I had a little skim of it because it's Sonic 3. I was just going to skip yeah. it because it's like the Sonic Chaos one, but they're just telling you what Sonic What's 3 is in like. It? Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It's like a. It it's doesn't like... actually offer you any. I mean, it's not that terrible, dry, miserable trudge of a continue, right? No, not jump. quite. It's not that. But he's. So it's. Yeah, he doesn't ha- quite have the, uh, the tone of a gibbon, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> you, you imitate the action of the gibbon <laughs> um, no he's just telling us about what the levels are in the marble garden zone you're gonna find this stuff in the hydrosity zone you're gonna find this oh and by the way hydrosity written as one word here well yeah I mean it is one word it's just pronounced hydrocity if you like but there's always been debate over whether it's no, no, hydrocity no, or no, hydrosity no no there's no debate there is a debate but there's no debate. <laughs> Don't be stupid. <laughs> hydrocity. It's an underwater city. It's a hydro city. It's definitely hydro city, but I'm always going to call it hydrocity because it's just so satisfying to say. I mean, I no, I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> And that's all there is to say. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It doesn't even go... Things to look out for. Spikes. Bodniks. <laughs> bridges. Yeah, I know. What do I do? I mean, I'll be interested to see if they bother to explain the the barrel, the barrel when they talk about the carnival nights. Yeah, that's it. Episode. It doesn't even tell you all of Sonic 3. This is just Angel Island this is 1 part and 2. part 1 of 2, yeah. Hydrocity 1 and 2. <laughs> and Marble Garden 1 and 2. That's it. Collector's Guide next. This is a sticker for all the different tellies in Sonic 3. All the oh, different okay, monitors. that's a good idea. I it like is that. actually, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's a way of spreading things out, isn't it? I don't know what this one is, though. It's just Sonic in the ear, ear, ear dish from uh, Launch Base Zone. Uh, this teacup elevator is perfect for climbing steep banks. Nothing to do with little tellies. Probably not enough to fill the page, to be honest. But here's what the category is. Even Sonic needs a helping hand when he's making his way through the robot-infested zones of Mobius. There's loads of things Sonic can pick up on his way which will give him special powers and help protect him from Robotnik's evil traps. Check out this collector's guide and keep your eyes open. Yeah, so I have no idea why all of them but one is a telly and then there's just a ear, ear, ear. Oh well. And then, finally, the almost last thing in the book. Here comes trouble! Robotnik's done everything he can to get rid of his archenemy, and each zone on Mobius is littered with traps. So it's just badniks, spikes coming down, spikes going up. Okay, so that's the sticker zone, the end. Back to the comic. <laughs> Decap attack! Decap attack? Who killed Chuck? Wait! Decap attack! Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching with letters Whee. by Steve Potter. When Igor is sent to bring Chuck to Professor Frank Einstein's lab, Chuck refuses to go, and the pair get into a fight. The dust-up eventually carries them into the lab, where Stein announces his intention to reunite Chuck with the portion of his brain that he put in head, the talking skull. To do so, of course, he's going to have to cut Chuck's head open first, but before he can, the castle is paid a visit by police detective Case, who's here to investigate a report of a missing person. So this is just japes. 
It's fun, isn't it? And what japes they are. Yeah, they're good japes. <laughs> so I'm just going to mention this first thing. First thing you see in the entire yeah. comic is Megadroid. I know. It's straight in there, Megadroid. Remember the first serial ended with a panel yeah, of Megadroid? Yeah. So this one starts and he's apologizing. It's not my fault. <laughs> I just want you all to know that it's you. You voted for the first series of Decap Attack. You're responsible. So now you've got a new series. Remember, you've only got yourselves to blame. <laughs> and now we're back to that wonderful yeah. egg we talked about not that long ago where it's as if the editorial staff is just oh no not this again <laughs> whereas i think we said it was like with pirate stc yeah it was really oh god not this again it was giant, <laughs> like their amusement and their labeling it weird and dangerous was was very genuine yeah and especially putting megadroid see this is why i i think this is the establishing point at which we start to think of decap attack as not a game adaptation but part of mm. stc megadroid STC, yeah. is in it he keeps leaning in it it ties to the control zone and it makes it part of the dna of stc itself like it's something going on in the offices while they're trying to make stc yeah and that's just brilliant and i absolutely love it and god i love decap attack we face the same problem here that we did with the first strip, which is there's not a lot to say about there's it, not. barring just reading some of the jokes out, you know. We have uh, Chuck <laughs> and Igor fighting, and then they fall off the end of like a, a, a dangerous precipice in the middle of the castle, which is just there for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And they fall down it, and then they land in the lab, you know. Where's that pesky ego coming? <laughs> ah, there you are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just like nearly hit the ground. He's like coming. <laughs> I think my, my favorite bit though is it's it's hard to describe fully in the synopsis exactly what he's planning to do. So I'll just read out um, <laughs> yeah, go the on. professor's plan. So he's got Chuck strapped to the operating table, heads on a little pedestal, and he says, "As you know, Chuck, when I made you, I was not able to get all of your brain into one skull, so I had to put the leftover bits into head here. But now I have built my Shrinkotron. I will remove both bits of brain, super glue them together, and shrink them down to fit into one head, like so. And he holds up a tiny brain. And Igor <laughs> just goes, That brain's always been that size. It belonged to a PE teacher. Never mind. <laughs> and then, you know, and then the capping moment is, Now hold still, <laughs> Chuck, while I make the delicate incision. <laughs> he revs up a chainsaw and comes in towards And his him. eyes are particularly bulging this time, which is funnier because they're glasses. <laughs> it's great. Caption, my favourite caption, this one. Yeah. Kids, don't try this at home. At least not while your parents are watching, Megadroid. And then the doorbell rings and the detective arrives. Next, death comes double glazed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much time we can spend talking about it. It's just... It's back and it's gold out of the gate. It but I do is. remember that this one has like a... Uh, there is a plot going to come in here now. Oh. I remember what this detective is here to investigate. Well, I have there's my... A, there's a clue in the title. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I have my suspicions because it's called <laughs> Who Killed Chuck? That I'm I'm interested in that. What, yeah, give me some story in this thing. God, Chris, imagine if they just did complete trade book of all the decaps. It's just one Oof. big book. The joy of that book. Ooh, imagine. Them, and there are so many of them. There's loads. Too. That's the thing. It feels like a, a good big enough book. book. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, so as ever with Decap Attack, I urge listeners to just go and find it and look at it because yeah. it's so good to look at. Like, if you don't know, if you've just been picturing this kind of Halloweeny castle type comic, like that's kind of what it is. But it just looks so funny, and something about how green the professor's hair is and how waggly his eyeballs are, and <laughs> and if you've played the video game, this is the better version of that art style. Yeah. It's so hard to explain, by but, far. But like this. Somehow, <laughs> this looks like the true form yeah. of what the game art is shooting for. Yeah, yeah, it does. If there's one strip out of all of this, other than Sonic itself, obviously, in all of Sonic the comic, that you really need to simply see and read yourself because it's so difficult for us to actually review it because it's just a great gag strip, it is Decap Attack. It's great. It's great. We like it. Stickers Sticker Zone. And the last page of the sticker album is the Quick Quiz Zone. Ooh, quiz me, Div. Test out your skills on these tricky brain teasers. Well, it's going to be difficult to do because the first one is a spot the difference between two oh, pictures okay. of Sonic. Don't, don't quiz there. me then, Div. No. Are the pictures stickers or? Um, no, that one isn't. Uh, there are four stickers placed on this page. A little bit random what they are. We've got Blackbot the Pirate in one of the bits from the... Uh, quest for the Chaos Emerald that was drawn really well. Okay. You remember there was a, a bit where they drew, started randomly animating really well? Um, there's No, but carry on. Oh, it's worth a look. Quest for the Chaos Emeralds. It's got two... I mean, I remember Quest for the Chaos Emeralds. I just don't remember it looking good because it was Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's got two animation teams on it. One is the normal Adventures one. And then there's this other one that comes in now and then that's just like, oh, this is great. They did one episode of the TV series and that was it. Anyway, um, there's, an there's another picture of just like Sonic revving up to... Not revving up, like doing the big Mario pose ready to run, that one. Yeah, yeah. Up at the top, we've got another Sonic just talking. And then yeah. Sally Acorn kissing oh, him from, from, uh, uh, from, from Sat AM. No Sat AM showing anywhere else in the book except for that. But they're not part of the uh, quizzes. There's only three little quick quizzes. One is the spot the difference. Mm. One is guide Sonic out of Robotnik's maze oh. and help him reach the ring power-up. It's just a circular maze. And the ring power-up is just cut out from one of the stickers we've already done. And then, it's just a word search. Can you find all 15 supersonic words hidden below? Oh, nothing I can do over Skype. No. Sadly. And that is it. The inside back cover is just an advert for Panini stickers in general and buying bumper packs of stickers and giving them money in various ways. So, there you go. Another snapshot of 1994 brought to you by Sonic the Comic, the podcast, the sticker album. <laughs> the collection. <laughs> and on the back cover is the classic bit of clip art of Sonic just winking at you right in the middle of the page. Wink. Oh, I ought to mention the front cover. The front cover is a bespoke drawing of Sonic, which it's not a very good drawing of Sonic. He's just sort of blasting out of the page, no. pointing at you. It's kind of ambiguous what he's doing with the lumps that are his fingers, but he's kind of pointing at you. But uh, there's a pleasant amount of... There's Knuckles jumping yeah, out of a big there. explosion behind him, Robotnik in his Egomatic, the cartoon... Yeah, an adventure-style robot. Yes, yes. yes. A couple of bad nicks, tails in his plane, just some stuff coming out. It's quite a satisfying uh, cover. And uh, that... It's the end. Speedlines. That's a shorter speedlines this issue, isn't it? There's only three letters this time. Yes, that's right. And a couple of pieces of fan art. Carolyn Austin from St. Leonard's in East Sussex writes, I have a variety of video games, including beat-em-ups and adventure types. However, while choosing a sports simulation game, I was surprised to discover that Sega haven't released a snooker game. Surely plenty mm. of other people must be sharing the same thought. 
So if Sega are listening, do yourselves a favour and get cracking on the snooker simulation. Fast! Megadroid thinks that's a good point. Um, <laughs> noting that with the exception of golf sims, humes don't have much in the way of leisurely gameplay sports. Rest assured, once we have info on a snooker sim, STC boomers will be sure to know. I feel like they must have eventually made something Surely. with snooker. Yeah, there's a lot of, loads of what, snooker what games. didn't they? But yeah. I do worry about people that be asking for one. <laughs> I wonder how much this has been edited or rewritten, because imagine being a child, being in the shop and going, well... Time to choose a sport simulation game. Let's see what they have on the rack. <laughs> right. Hmm. Not because you see a game and go, oh, that looks good, and it's of a sport I like, but being like, hmm, I wonder if they have a snooker really game. Fancy a snooker. Hmm, perusing shelves. No, no, nothing seems to be here. Terrible. I believe I shall write a letter to my favourite games periodical. Maybe this is just a kid who's into snooker. Write in, Caroline. And then we have Stevie Swindells of Bridgehall Stockport who says, Dear Megadroid, in STC30, I was shocked to see the closing line of the pirate STC strip telling children to try drinking shampoo instead of bubble bath. Don't you know it's dangerous for young humes like myself to drink these things? I am six years old, and what is this? <laughs> I, do love, I love that indignant. I am six, I am years, six old years old at the end. <laughs> As if to say, I'm easily influenced. <laughs> <laughs> Banging his little sippy cup on the table. <laughs> I wonder if this one's real or if it's a way for them to cover their asses and do a disclaimer. I don't know, but... Oh, I, I don't know. Well, Megadroid replies, as all STC boomers are undoubtedly of above-average intelligence, Stevie, you should be aware that strips like Pirate STC are not to be taken seriously. Besides, shampoo tastes awful. <laughs> I think what we have here is a parent letter. I don't think any six-year-old is going, Don't you know? Six years old. Have you not been reading the letters page of this comic? Well, like, they, but they don't normally say they what... chime in with the nearbiest we complain. <laughs> but they don't normally say what age they are. I just don't think a six-year-old is sitting down at his little writing desk with his little quill and putting, I am six years old. Well, Isn't that, this yeah. dangerous? <laughs> this has small parts that I find delicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. These days, this would be a tweet and it would say, my six-year-old turned to me and said, Daddy, <laughs> yeah, isn't it dangerous right. to drink bubble bath? <laughs> Stuart Maxwell from Belfast in Northern Ireland has sent a nice picture of Chuck D. Head. Get ahead with Chuck reads the caption. And then... Oh, look at this. Yes. Andrew Tillett of Walsall West Midlands, budding artist, three quarters mm. of the way there already. Not copied from any artist. He's drawn mm -mm. his own style picture of Sonic, stood there, and it's just immaculately coloured with colouring pencils yeah. with lots of different colouring pencils shading work full on shading it's great like yeah. good stuff it's just good there's nothing to say about it yeah, just, just a great bit of work I, I wonder if he went on to anything I'm sure he did the only thing I don't understand is why the editorial staff have captured it Sonic Goes Green dot 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 he's in that lovely green well, field of trees and such yeah but he always is it's just the green hill zone isn't it I don't know it's drawn so nice it just looks very environmental yeah that's the thing yeah it does. It looks wistful, doesn't it? Looks like a lovely environment. That's great. Yeah, um, George. I know George. Get lost. No, I do. Chris, I... Yep. this is exciting because I have a factoid about this letter that we can confirm with him. George Lee from Tanworth, Staffordshire, writes, Dear STC, please tell me whether you are going to create a comic strip based on the game Robot to the Rescue, as this is my all-time favourite game. 
Well, up to now it is. <laughs> yeah, just just a little qualification That's there, just in case. Works, you know, it's possible that more games may come out in the future. <laughs> George Lee, Tamat Staffs, MD owner, Sonic Water Fun Game winner. Mega Droid replies. Unfortunately, Georgie, there are no plans. Oh, Georgie, wow, and knowing the guy. That's so weird. Got that right. Everybody calls me Georgie. Unfortunately, Georgie, there are no plans for your suggested comic strip. That might be Mega Droid because there's no game called that. But bear in mind that STC already has its own robot to the rescue. Me. <laughs> Fair enough, I suppose. Do you know why there are no plans for uh, his why suggested else? comic strip? There's no such game, Chris. Oh. Robot to the rescue doesn't exist. And it never existed. Yeah, there's actually no game on the Mega Drive called Robot to the Rescue. What I actually meant was Rolo, Rolo to, to the, the rescue, rescue exists. That's ah. a game. Which was a very fun game involving elephants and rabbits and kind of a cutesy puzzle platformer game that would have actually fit rather well in the pages of STC, but... Evidently, Georgie must have had slightly dodgy handwriting that the uh, editorial staff completely misinterpreted as the word robot either owing to my then as now atrocious handwriting or perhaps some creative reinterpretation of the letter for the purpose of the gag they got it kind of wrong even so kind of fun and the entire response is based around it being a robot so it's not just an innocent mistake <laughs> they've changed the whole reply that they've given him based on their misunderstanding that he's talking about a robot instead of an elephant which is what rollo is He's an elephant. It's a platform game made by the James Pond people. The gimmick of the game is that you are this elephant and you're going around... Uh, and it, Oh, by the way, the graphics are Amiga as f***. <laughs> the, the sprites... I know you're not an Amiga kid, but you'd look at it and go, Oh, that, that looks like one of Dave's games. <laughs> It looks like Soccer Kid or something, the way the eyes are drawn. It's just got that amiga look, and that's because they're primarily an amiga company. Well, you are rescuing animals, but the cool thing about it is, and I'm hearing that this is actually quite a good game, when you collect that animal, you can then be that animal. And so now you can go around doing, you know, whatever the moveset that that animal has, like, oh, this one can jump higher or fly or whatever it is. So, yeah, apparently quite a good game. I can't find any evidence of a game called Robot to the Rescue, so I'm convinced that it's Rolo to the Rescue. Now, if only we could find out from the source if I'm correct. Massively enjoying the podcast, guys. Please, please, please keep it up. It has been an enormous tonic over this rather fraught period. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, writing in, George. And remember, if any of you out there ever had a letter published in STC, do make sure and let us know so we can uh, get you on to do the same thing. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of issue number 34. Next issue, Do Flying Foxes Dream of Electric Sheep? <laughs> I am pretty sure this was my introduction yeah. to what that is parodying. Uh, prepare to find out in Zone Runner and the Flock, a new Tails adventure. And we see like a cropped up panel of it here. It's, it's Tails wearing a, well, what other way can you describe it? It's a big Blade Runner trench coat. That's exactly what it is. Yep, because the whole story is just a spoof of that. What else we got? Free Sega Sational starter pack of Panini Sonic stickers to begin your collection, full stop. As if we've waited two weeks with this empty sticker album just lying there. Didn't go out and buy any. <laughs> we've already gone down there. We've already got some, yeah. Plus new Sonic story, 
That's not really <laughs> true, is it? Though I mean, it is in the sense that next issue is a new part yeah, I one. Suppose. But it's, it's a little bit like, Mutant plus we're bothering to put Sonic in this one. It's like, yeah, yeah, I knew, <laughs> I, knew. I knew. Mutant League, Decap Attack, STC 35, the coolest read in town. On sale Saturday the 17th of September, 1.15. That's another episode. That's another STC yeah. we've done there. That's yet another one. We've wait, done 34 wait. Definitely an issue of two halves, that one. Yeah. Classic Sonic quality stuff there. Decap Attack. And uh, Gam and Bert were also in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this was the Knuckles issue, so all this forget. If this oh, had been a, yeah. a seven-page pamphlet, I'd have paid full price. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, if you want to see where the Knuckles adventure goes next time, you can find our episodes um, everywhere you get podcasts from, but you can also download them directly from stctp.wigglehe.com. You can, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Sonic Podcast, or us individually. I am at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely, and you'll also find us on YouTube under those names. Dave's on Twitch, too. And you can help us to pay for our editor by supporting us at patreon.com forward slash stctp. We're going to have some bonuses for you there pretty soon. Yes, it's taken a while to get there. We have now. It is. There are plans in place right now. Something's coming up. Yeah, we just had a busy month. You know, we were going to make some. We were busy. If you like the opening theme tune, it's called Synchronize, and you can find it at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com because they're Sonic the Comic the band but we are Sonic the Comic the podcast and we will see you next time and he's holding the tails uh yeah you said plush I know I did and I'm so glad you said it correctly so I can just use your take <laughs> <laughs>